Hello and thank you for listening to 60MW and the entertainment show for November and December 2023 and January 2024. I'm Dave and as always joining me for the first show of 2024, it's Chris. Hello. Hello. It's good to be back. Wow. I can't believe that. 2024. It's madness, isn't it? It's scary, mate. That's what it is. It's fucking scary. This is our 10th year, I mm. believe you've said. It is our 10th anniversary year. This will be the 10th year of us doing the entertainment shows. That's crazy, isn't it? God, so all, all those memories of piddling in bottles and <laughs> getting drunk with you <laughs> yeah. and Ramrod. Oh, and, uh, and now we do, we do neither now. That's it. <laughs> I know. Look at. I mean, I'm drinking a cup of tea. I think you've got some Vimto. I've got Vimto. Yeah, hardcore, um, mate. And I've got some water. I mean, <laughs> look oh, at that. God. You'd think as well, like you know, you'd be actually. Well, I don't know. Doing these shows, you'd be even more of a an alky kind of thing. But, oh my god. Uh, you know, but no, it's um, ten years, mate. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Just think if the next ten years goes as quick as the previous. I know. I think I always, I always say, don't I? It's like, you know, you can't, I now gauge it with my children and how quickly they're growing up. And um, I mean, Lucy's 12 this year, so that's that's madness. But no, I always, I think I always tell the story, but I'll tell it again for any new listeners. But I still remember 10 years ago now when you, uh, we, we I think we had a game of Rogue, uh, not Roblox, that's something else entirely, um, uh, um, that my kids played. Sorry, they're obsessed with Roblox, and I, I think I am sublimly, yeah. sublimely, uh, I can't even say it, <laughs> obsessed with Roblox, because I hear it all the time. Um, no, um, oh, God, what's the car game with the ball? Rocket League. Shit. Rocket League. I knew it began with an R. <laughs> it's a good start, isn't it? Um, I think, we, I mean, I'm sure we had a game of Rocket League. I was pure mm. pool as well, wasn't it? Yeah. And then just chatting over... You know, you were thinking about starting this new show, this new podcast. Ten years—that's that's really impressive, actually, isn't it? Because if you think, you know, a lot of podcasts don't get past ten shows, do they? That's true. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we're how still many have going. we done? Did you say how many episodes have we done? Five. I should know, really, shouldn't I? That's pretty disgraceful. That I don't. Five hundred and thirty something. Yeah, so I was like, it's five hundred episodes. That's not a bad return, yeah. is it? We're still averaging over one a week. 10 years down the line. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. And if you look at how it's, there's all the little offshoots of the podcast as well, which is really cool. Uh, you know, all the different shows that we do and uh, to pimp it a little bit, uh, not to toot <laughs> my own horn because it's only one episode in, but there is another one due soon. Uh, but the, the new video game show um, from myself and Adam, the um, Adam and Chris's speed, 60 minute speed run, um, which I enjoyed doing, or we say I, we enjoyed doing it. Adam, Adam might have hated it, but um, <laughs> but no, that was good and it was nice. And I think it's, I suppose, going back to the whole, the idea of what, what you wanted the show to be originally, wasn't it? it was 60 minute shows. That's yeah, yeah, kind of, exactly. So, um, so it's, and it's not, it was nice to think. To, to be able to do that, like to kind of, it kind of puts the pressure on you a little bit to, to stick to the 60 minutes, mm-hmm. but also, you know, it means that you, 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 uh, you kind of, I don't know, you, you, you can say what you want to say and you don't kind of ramble like I do. I ramble a lot. So <laughs> you can probably tell. <laughs> I was so laughing like, when I was listening to it, I was laughing because a few times at the start and Adam's going, come on, Chris, come on. We're running, we're running out of, <laughs> running out of time. And fair play to you, mate. You did wind it up in the 60 minutes. Bang on. 
it was and that was even including that little bit of an insert a couple of musical inserts as well hmm. but um that one thing is so it's every day is a learning day isn't it you say they always say you learn something new every day but I, that was I, I know you're a massive fan of rick mail and hmm. i am not as much as yourself probably but i love rick mail from the young ones to bottom to you know everything he, he's done really the new statesman um and then uh you know, to find out after all those years that he was in that video t to um, The Art of Noise, yeah. <laughs> um, Peter Gunn, which I never knew. I've never seen that video before because um, I, I watched it the first time around. I thought, God, that looks like Rick Mail. And then I looked into it. That's bloody Rick Mail, you know, and he's really good because <laughs> he shows off a bit of everything. Some acting, some dancing, you know, it's cool. So anyway. Uh, there you go. Uh, go check out that show. It's cool. And then obviously the other bits and pieces that we do. There's so many of them. Yeah. Decade of Decadence, by, a.k.a. the 80s Picture House, because that's kind of what it is. It is, really, isn't it? Yeah. Just, um, just in disguise. The, <laughs> yes, exactly. All the other shows we do, they're all amazing. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you and Ramrod doing your shows. And yeah, we're recording a new 60 Minutes into uh, a week tomorrow first saturday of february so he's got to uh, spoilers if you've not listened to the previous one but he's got to bring the trophy back from chateau ramrod back here so i aim to have it back in here and, and beat him in the next show but yeah we'll see obviously don't know what the film is because tina picks him so wait and see on that one yeah but no it's cool there's like uh, there's tons of podcasts aren't there it's, no it's uh and all the sorts all the stuff on the website but no it's very good but mm. i'm glad to be back doing this uh because it feels like it's been a while and obviously we had christmas and yeah year and, all that sort of stuff. and that's i mean that's so. really i mean that and illness between all of us that's why this is a three-month show and not the usual two-month but all being well back to two monthly again this year yeah 100 percent. yeah right then mate i'm going to start off i'm going to start off with and i think i did one in the last show a youtube recommendation how about that Ooh, i like your youtube recommendations oh, this is a great one mate if you want to laugh i've got just the thing for you on youtube and they've only got uh, well at time of recording twenty-five thousand subscribers which is shocking they should have far more <laughs> than, than what they've got it's called quite simply larry and paul um, and as okay. it says on their youtube sort of blurb if i remember rightly two blokes from leeds and they do they do like comedy sketches they take the piss out of all political stuff going on uh <laughs> one of my favorite things they do they do this news item so one of them is in the studio he's the news reader and the other mm. one is out on location reporting and they always to begin with every time they change the name of the newsreader and the reporter to something absolutely fucking ridiculous which usually makes me laugh anyway because it's very yeah. immature but really really funny and they i think it was today they put the latest one up um which is we're recording on the 26th of january and it was one about the government and um education and how spelling is really bad and maths is really bad and it's something this will give you, a, you know, an idea of the humour and paraphrasing. So the newsreaders on about, or oh, and, and the, the figures from the government is how, you know, maths in education is terrible, and the report says that um, eighty percent of students do this and thirty percent all the maths add up wrong. And then when they're all about the spelling, they come up with the most atrocious grammar as the as, they, <laughs> as they're coming up. So there's that. that all, so all the news pieces are always really funny. Uh, and then earlier in the week, they did one 
where they did um, a conservative, conservative minister and the makeup they got on, he looks like some really dirty old perv from the 1970s with these big bushy eyebrows and everything. <laughs> and he was being questioned by a reporter about the Rwanda bill. Oh, fucking hell, mate. I was like crying with laughing. Real, they're really, really good. So if you want to laugh, and they're only short videos as well. You don't, you know, you don't have to put a lot of time into them. Um, Larry and Paul, mate, very, very good, very, very funny. Uh, whenever they pop, you know. How did you discover this? Quite by accident. I'm not sure it was. It was after we'd recorded the last show, or else I would have recommended them on that show. So I'm quite new to them. It must have come up somehow you know when you go to because we always watch youtube on the tv through the xbox so we've got all the ones that are subscribed to but then before you click on the subscriptions button there's a home button and obviously you know the algorithms of youtube go "Mm, he might like this and we'll put this up on there Uh, and they appeared and i forget what the thumbnail was but it sort of enticed me to press on it (laughs) it's just laughing so much that I watched a few others and I thought, yeah, God, I need to subscribe to these guys. And uh, yeah, I'm glad I did. Hopefully people after listening to this will go, yeah, I'll check them out and give them a go. And maybe you do. If you do subscribe and comment on one of the videos, tell them we uh, we recommended them. There you go. Help promote us as well. Yeah. Well, I have just subscribed. So, Good man. Uh, I, Good man. I shall I'll check that out later. Thank you. That's all right, mate. There you go. Bring a little joy into people's lives, hopefully. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, well, I, we talked before the, we started recording, obviously, um, what we've got to cover in this show. So what, what I'm going to do, mate, is I'll go through my... I've got five documentaries to, re- to recommend. <sighs> You're back so on it. I'm back on the documentaries at last. <laughs> oh, I've got some crackers as well. Uh, and then I'll hand it over to you because I know you've got some TV stuff, which obviously I'm always pretty light on the TV stuff, so... Yeah, we'll do lots that. of TV, lots of TV. Right then, so let's start off. Five documentaries. I'm going to start off, um, and they're all new. Four of them are from 2023. One of them's 2024, believe it or not. Let's, um, well, I'll go in the order that I wrote them down. 2023, a documentary about, and I'm sure you'd have heard of these, mate. Millie Vanilli? Oh, yeah. Do you, can you remember get- the, the scandal about them? W- weren't they caught miming their songs or something? They was that, certainly were. Didn't yeah. they do a song called, uh, was it Girl, You Know It's True? That's was it. That yeah. One of their big hits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, yeah. Well, for years it was, was always. Was they German? I think, yeah, if I remember right. Oh, oh now you got me thinking, because it was the back end of last year when I watched it, and I'm getting old, and it's hard to remember certain things. <laughs> um, yeah, ish. Have a look. I'll let, you, I'll let you search while I just keep rambling on. Uh okay. But yeah, the big scandal was, you know, they won, I think it was a Grammy that they won, if I remember correctly, they were winning awards, they were like, they were huge, they were really huge back in the day. And um, then it came out that they weren't singing the songs. <laughs> and then they just like crashed and burned. And it ended up with one of them uh, committing suicide. You know, things wow. just got so bad, mental health was just, you know, shot to pieces. They, they took so much shit. But this documentary highlights while they knew what was happening, they were complicit with it, but how they were forced into it is a bit of a strong word to put. But the way that they were, that you know, if you were their age and you were offered what they were offered and you were pressured like they were pressured, you can sympathise with them, you know, to find 
find themselves in the situation that they did find themselves in. And you go, oh, okay. You'd look at it really, really different. And there's a couple of people within the music industry who, you know, when you're watching like um, like a th- Christmas theatre, Christmas panto over here in the UK, and you get the the classic, you know, the bad guy or the bad woman, the bad character, and it's boo, boo, and you hate them. Oh, mate, there's a few people in this music industry, in this documentary, where you want to do more than boo, mate. <laughs> I was just like, you fucking bastards. Really awful. They were, The way that they treated these two guys uh, was awful. And I, I came out of it and having a lot more sympathy for them, a lot more knowledge about what went on. And um, it does have a happy ending, though, so that's good. It's not all doom and gloom. Uh, you, you know, it finishes and there's quite a bit of hope for it and, you, and a bit of redemption as well. So, And again, it's one of those, because, you know, I was never a huge fan of Millie Vanilli whatsoever, never bought any of the records. You don't need to like the music to enjoy the documentary, which I think is always mm. a good sign of something. Yeah. That you don't need to enjoy the actual subject if it's about a person, you know, or or a thing, whatever. Uh, the documentary itself, the, the narrative of it, um, all the emotional pulls into it uh, enough to keep you going with it and think yeah, it was it was really really good so i've just uh i typed in millie vanilli and i think one of the things that's just popped up uh on the uh the guardian website was mm-hmm. uh, two days ago um frank farian oh, i'm assuming that he's in yes. the documentary yeah uh, he, he's the creator of boney m and millie vanilli yeah. uh he died a couple of days ago aged 82 really um because wasn't uh, Boney M? It did the guy. The guy didn't sing some of those parts either, did it? Did he? I don't. No, think. he didn't. No, no. <laughs> Which is so, an ongoing thing. <laughs> yeah, but uh, how does he favour? Obviously, he's passed away. Now, I think. But, actually, how does he favour? I'm documentary? just. I'm trying to bring up. I'm just on Letterboxd. We talk about Letterboxd quite a bit, don't we? Um, because yeah. with you saying that name. Oh, my God. This is good podcasting, isn't it? Ten years in, and it's like, hold on a minute. Um, here we go. So my my review was, I gave it four and a half stars. How about that? Wow. Uh, interesting, informative, entertaining, and a sad reflection that the puppet masters of the world still cream all the money off the people whose strings they pull without really giving a shit about them. On a side, <laughs> on a side note... Fuck you, Frank Farian and Ingrid Seagrid. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, oh, well. Yeah, he's he, dead now. He's, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't come out well. That was one. When you said his name, I thought, yeah, he's one of the bastards in it. Uh, <laughs> he, he can sod off. Rest, so. rest in peace. Mr. Rest Farian. in peace, you absolute <laughs> twat. <laughs> Amazing. Um, oh, the next one. Um, yeah, here's one you'll definitely because you, you know you were talking earlier about the new video game show that you've got with Adam. Uh, also from 2023, Half Life 25th anniversary. Ooh. Can you believe 25 years last year since Half Life? Wow. And now I think all these for a change are, are available on it's like Amazon, Netflix, YouTube proper. I haven't sailed the seas for any of these. These are all available in different places. Uh, this was really interesting because it was showing things that didn't make the game uh, and the way that it was created, bits that came up by accident, you know, just through fortuitous conversations or ideas that got thrown around and then they ended up in the game and became iconic. Uh, and the stories from the people that 
coded the game. Uh, oh, they're, they're so good. Um, th this is one, I think, where if you've played the game, you will get more out of it. You know, especially, you know, if you've got no interest at all in video games, you probably, well, you know, you definitely wouldn't get as much out of it. This is one of those where you do need to have a bit more interest in the subject. Uh, but as I was watching it, I was thinking of you, mate, and I thought, oh, mate, Chris is going to love this whenever he watches it. It's uh, it's really good. It's not boring. There's quite a few talking heads in it, which could sometimes be a bit of a snooze fest in most documentaries, but in this one it isn't because the stories they're telling are so interesting. Um, and they do show a lot of unseen things, hitherto unseen things from the, within the game and everything. And it's just the whole story of the way that it eventually got out and we as as gamers got to play the game is is fascinating i thought yeah i, I think i first played that on the ps2 because it, it was pc originally wasn't yeah, it so yeah. i'm sure it came out on ps2 yeah so yeah i have um fond memories of it but it was, i think well it was the xbox 360 and it was the orange box do you remember yes that? oh god yeah yeah i remember playing that so that yeah that had half-life 2 <clears> then it had the expansions it had portal yeah. i mean you know on its Great own game <clears throat> And then it had Team Fortress 2 as well. I mean, what an amazing value package. That is, that's that's 2007, believe it or not. That's madness when that came out. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? You think, God, oh, you know, it doesn't seem that long ago, but it, <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Time flies, doesn't it? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, check that one out. Yeah. Mm. I'm just looking now. I can see it uh, available on YouTube, that one. That was so, it. Yeah. yeah. That was a YouTube one. Uh, this next one, I think, if I remember rightly, this is a, yeah, it is. It's a Netflix one, definitely. Uh, this is 2024. Uh, Bitcoin, all about cryptocurrency. Oh, God, my fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. You don't hear so much about that anymore. But when it sort of like NFTs and all oh. that sort of shit, um, about a year ago, it was everywhere, wasn't it? Everyone yeah. was talking about it. You know, yeah. what is an NFT and what, blah, blah, blah. Because like all, uh, I remember listening to some football podcasts and they were talking about like, um, footballers and football clubs getting into selling NFTs and oh. what the fuck is an NFT and all this shit, you know, it's like, oh, you, you pay for something that you don't actually own. Yeah. Like, okay. Uh, what What is it? And all this kind of stuff. And then crypto. And uh, so, but you don't hear so much of it. I don't think like you did. No. Is it still a massive thing? I don't know. Or what? I th yeah. I think sort of the cryptocurrency side of it is NFTs from what I read fairly recently have thankfully more or less died a death all the things that people were paying like big money for are now just worth bugger all so that's quite hilarious because geez who would have bought them anyway the, the whole idea of nfts just like never nah, appealed to me nah. in any shape or form i thought it was ridiculous uh cryptocurrency you know bitcoin the, the big one that i think that was the first one um, I'm sure I've told the story before of when Bitcoin started and I got <laughs> it through. I was offered I could buy uh, Bitcoin for £10 each. Mm. And they peaked, oh, what, was it? what did they peak at? It was thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds each. You know, it's one of those where I, I could have spent, if I'd have spent 100 quid back then, I would be in the lap of luxury right now. Mm. It's like, fuck. Anyway, um, because of the rise of this, then other cryptocurrencies came into being. Some of them um, a little bit nefarious, not very, uh, not very kosher whatsoever. And one particular guy called, and I'm just scrolling through here to remember his name. I remember him just as Kant, really, rather than because <laughs> <laughs> that's what he is. 
Oh, mate, I tell you what. You know when you're watching, it's, it, it films it can do. You know, I said about the bad guy earlier and about, you know, lightning to a bad guy in the, in the play and that. Um, but I think it's especially with documentaries, true life documentaries, because mm. you know these people are real. Oh, yes. I think I think in my Letterboxd <laughs> review, I won't go and search for this one, but I'm pretty sure it was something that I wish the technology existed that I could, like, stick my hand in the TV and slap somebody around the face because, oh, my God, he was winding me up. This Ray Trapani, this lad, who would, he'd, as we say over here in the UK, he'd got a bit of form already, and he is somebody with just no empathy, no no soul, no humanity. He's just interested in him and him getting as much money as he can by any means possible. Mm. Oh, and he forms this... Um, really shady cryptocurrency firm. The story of how it's formed is fascinating. And it, the people that he brings in and then his so-called mates and who then become his business partners, who he then shits all over without any thought for them whatsoever and then moves on all the way through. You, your hatred for this guy. Is just building up and building up as you're watching it, and you're feeling so sorry for the people that he's conned. There is a little bit of redemption, like it's a really good story arc because you start off and you think, Oh, you absolute twat, you twat, you twat. Then something happens where you think, Right, good, I'm glad that's happened. And then he goes back to being a twat because of the way that it finished. I don't, don't want to give too, way, too much word about this one because there's there's some good ebbs and flows with, with the narrative in this of, of when you're following what he does and who he does it to. Um, but the end of it left me like wanting to shout at the TV because <laughs> it was like, oh, the total opposite to the Milly Vanilli one where it was like, oh, what a lovely ending. That's great. The end of this was, you fucker. You absolute fucker. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's really, I mean, I've got no interest in cryptocurrency, um, but I do like a good, a good true story, as you know, mate. Um, and this mm. one, this one is good. It's, it's good sometimes to watch things where you're really enjoying the stuff and you're loving the people, but it's also good to shout at your TV now and again. And this is one that will make you shout at your TV. It's, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't. You know, I'm sure a lot of people would look at it on Netflix and just go, mm, Bitcoin, no, it's documentary, cryptocurrency, scroll, move on. Uh, it's it's worth watching. It's worth watching if you want to see a good bad guy scenario play out in front of you, which yeah. which really did happen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's one to put on if you want to shout at your TV. <laughs> 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 Um, too, that, got... that should be on. That should be on the poster. Actually, that recommendation. Yeah. It's a good one. To, good one if you want to shout at your telly. Yeah, yeah. I would love to hear people's uh, thoughts on it. If they go, oh, I'll listen to that. Yeah, Dave's recommended that. I'll give it a listen. Please, if you do, if you do watch it, um, email us and let us know, and we'll respond on the show. I'd love to to uh, hear your thought. Imagine if somebody emails and they go. I thought Ray was a really nice guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was like, oh my God. Blocked. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Right then, 2023, again, 
Welcome to the Darkness. Now, the dar- the band, The Darkness, a band that yes. I've got to admit, hold my hand up, never been a fan of, never bought any yeah. of their music. Um, no. Musically, they were all right. Unfortunately, it's uh, Justin Hawkins' vocals that... His voice. I can't yeah. get on with him. I mean, I really love his YouTube channel, Justin Hawkins Rides Again. Uh, you know, I, I watch a lot of those and he's... I think as we talk now, I think he's still on his live tour doing Justin Hawkins Rides Again uh, for the first time, it's called. And I would go and watch him live just to talk about things. But when it comes to music, and the reason I'd watched it, because you may be thinking, why the fuck did you watch it then if you don't like them? Uh, I I read some reviews of it and it sounded, people were saying, it's really good. You don't need to be a fan of the band to enjoy it. And I totally agree. I totally agree. I've got, I still don't like the band musically, although they do play. They play one song on a boat towards the end of the documentary, and it's one of the new songs that they were doing when this documentary was made. And it is a bit of a banger. That's all right. I've got to admit that's a good one. Uh, but I came out of it being huge fans of the people in the band. Yeah. They come across really well. They'd be the, the type of people where you go, yeah, I'll have a night out with you. Oh, I'd sit around the table and listen to you talk. The stories that they've got are amazing. Um, it's very funny. It is very funny. There's a lot of laughs. Um, and it's quite emotional a few times as well. Again, it's a good story. I can, Justin Hawkins, by his own admission, is, you know, he was responsible for the breakup of the band when they were at the biggest and he's got his brother in the band, and, you know, his brother was um, totally disheartened when the band broke up because um, Justin Hawkins had, had got his own addictions and demons and so on, and so the band broke up. But it's another one where you'll laugh a lot watching it and have a good time with it. It's really good, and you don't need to be a fan of the band, much like the Millie Vanilli one. You don't need to be a fan to enjoy it. Yeah, I'm like you. I mean, I know when when um, I believe in a thing called love came out, and I'm like, people go mad over it, and I'm like, no, I don't like this particularly. It's I don't know if it's just the vocals or mm. what. And then they did the, the Christmas song, which eh, I'm not that bothered about either. But um, yeah. I, I'm sure somebody told me at the time when they started to become big, didn't he do a song for IKEA or something like that? Didn't he do <laughs> really? the vocals? Oh, I don't know. I don't know that. I'm sure. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did some of the vocals for an IKEA advert. So anyway, I have to look into that. Yeah, they didn't cover. He that. did some of the, j- the jingles or something like that. I think. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't. I don't think I've ever even seen an IKEA ad. I couldn't even. You know, if you say some things, somebody today at work mentioned. Um, bird's eye potato waffles and for fuck's sake i could not get that tune with them being waffly versatile out of my head (laughs) (laughs) how many years has it been since that advert's been on the tv it's been ages and it sticks in your head um but yeah i couldn't if somebody said right million quid if you can sort of hum an ikea ad jingle i'd be like just lost a million can't do it. That's yeah. crazy. I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure it. I'm sure it was. Anyway, I hope he has now. Don't don't yeah. let me down on that one, Chris. I hope he has. No. <laughs> You'll go. No, it wasn't IKEA. It was Aldi. He did it for Aldi yeah. or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, finally, my last one, and this is a cracker. Uh, I only watched this just a few days ago, actually. 
2023, once again. And this one's on Now TV. Uh, Otto, Otto Baxter, not a fucking horror story. <laughs> what? <laughs> and it's a title. Uh, it's an awesome title. It's an awesome documentary about an awesome guy. Um, so it's the story of Otto Baxter, believe it or not. Um, a lad that was born with Down syndrome. And he's, his birth mother didn't want him. Felt that she couldn't deal with somebody with Down syndrome. So this this lovely woman um, adopted him, and she'd already adopted. It tells the story of how she um, became to have this interest and this love and want to protect people with Down syndrome. And she got so then she got adopted four kids, Otto Baxter being one of them. And that story in itself is really good, but the, the main flow of it is how Otto makes wanted to make a horror film, be a director and make a horror film. So it tells his life from a baby through, and he's in his, I think he's what, 34, 35 now, he's sort of early to mid-30s now. Um, and it go, it covers like about a six-year period, and part of that is during COVID. So, of course, nothing happens for a few years, does it, because mm. of COVID. And then they come back, and there's the story about how the, they have money to start filming, and then the money runs out. Um one of the, high, the highlights for me, so some of it is, so the spine of it is with Otto and these two two guys, two, the two documentary film guys uh, in the sound studio with him while they're doing the documentary. So Otto's doing the voiceover for the documentary, which takes you through the making of the story of his film. The times when Otto goes off script... Ah, uh, and this is what I put in in my letterbox review. The times when he goes off script are fucking priceless because the shit mm. he comes out with is hilarious. It is so good. And the film that they're making, now the film that they make, I think it's a 15-minute short film, is available. Um, I think it could be on Now TV or it could be on could be on YouTube. It's available to watch anyway, um, which I haven't seen yet, but the clips that I've seen from within the documentary... Oh, it looks amazing, mate. It looks it looks really, really good. Um, and so it just follows Otto and talk about being a character, mate. He's he's just the, the shit he comes out with and he's and it's emotional as well because I'll give a little bit of a, sto- a spoiler. Um during the filming of it, his birth mother passes away. So mm. obviously that's quite a bit of an emotional moment to it. Uh but again, it's another really heartwarming one, and these two blokes as well. Plus, the you know the woman that adopted him um, are, are just incredible. And you know, I've said before, listeners know, regular listeners know. You know, I teach at a charity-run college for sixteen to twenty-five-year-olds with learning difficulties and disabilities. So this hit a little bit harder because you know, a lot of the students that I have have Down syndrome as well. Um, you know, and I know some of the personality traits and so on. So, you know, it was it was really interesting watch. But putting that to one side, just going into it anyway, it's it's so entertaining, mate. It is so and a funny, another funny thing to watch as well, which is really good. It's a good it's a good palate cleanser to bitconned when you go in. <laughs> All the way through that, you're thinking, you absolute twat. And then you watch this and you go, Otto, yes, come on, come on, you can do this. So it's a good, yeah. you know, if you're going to pair two up, 
watch BitConned first to get all the anger out of you, and then kick back and have a good laugh with Otto. And like I said, especially is um, when he goes off off script and his little asides that he comes out with, and he is he's a bit of a potty mouth as well. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's really really good, mate. Very much enjoyed it. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, so there we go. That's five documentaries for people. All all five good docu- good documentaries. Good good recommendations, I hope. Uh, yeah, and again, anything that we recommend on these shows, um, if you do watch them or have watched them, send us an email. Let us know. And we can read yeah. your responses on the show. Come on, we've been doing this for... This is our 10th anniversary now. You know, send us an email. At the very least, send us an email. Let's read, let's yeah. read it some shit out that you sent to us. <laughs> Definitely. Sounds good. Go on then, mate. TV stuff. So, yeah. Y- yeah. I mean, I mentioned I've got no films because, I mean, I'm looking at my letterbox and since we le- did our last show um, and, and we t- talked about uh, Accused and Totally Killer, mm-hmm. I haven't really watched anything new that I, I mean, it's, it's looking at it, it's all, st- it's, it's old stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing really that I can really talk about. So, but that being said, when I was making a note of all the things that uh, I have looked at, it, it, it is all TV. Or it, when I say TV, a lot of it's movie quality. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. Like some yeah. of the stuff is just. I mean, when I when I think of TV, it's it's your traditional channels, isn't it? It's like tr- terrestrial TV. Yeah, it's not yeah. your subscription channels and all that sort of stuff. So I suppose I will start off with a, a traditional um, TV show, uh, and this was one that you recommended last episode, actually. Ooh. Um, uh, and it's it's ghosts from BBC One. Oh, uh, uh, oh! Well, that was a ghostly spooky, sound. Spooky there, ghost. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, um, but no, because uh, uh, like I've always mentioned, Kay and I are always on the lookout for for things to watch, and hmm. anything that's around the twenty five minutes to thirty minute sort of mark is perfect for us because after you've put the kids to bed, you get an hour or so to yourself, you can watch a couple of episodes or something. And, yeah, you know and away you go so i seem to remember that you really enjoyed this um and that you know uh, because there's two there's the us version and there's the uk version isn't there so um i think uh, i remember you saying did you preferred the uk did you prefer the uk version i i ended up preferring the american one tina prefers the british one but i ended up and it it took a, a little bit for it to happen but eventually the american one clicked with me more now this could be because we were watching the british ones as they were coming out so there was a big gap between right. each series ah. whereas all the american ones we we there'd been a few series out when we started watching them so that we did a big block so maybe that changed my opinion a little bit i don't know but i, okay. I will say and i'm not going to spoil it the because the british one has finished now they've got the last episode on i think it was before christmas the last ever episode of it what an amazing finish that's all i'm going to say the the last the last shot of the british series is perfection mate absolute perfection wow that's all i'm going to say so i think the thing that um kind of convinced me to watch it other than what your recommendation was was that uh, and i've got a question to ask you about the difference between the american show and the, the british show but i'll get mm. to that in a second is that um, the, so the last, like you said, the last ever episode came out over Christmas and yeah. people were saying about, you know, I, I don't know the ending, but how, uh, it's not just a, a comedy, like the, the emotional aspect. Oh of it yeah. Is, yeah, definitely. You know, it, yeah. and I've, so we're on, uh, we've just finished watching series three. We're on series four now. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, again, it's one of those shows that we'll watch um, a couple of three episodes, uh, you know, in a, in a sort of go. And um, it, it's really good. Um, and like, you know, I think you said, it's really funny. I mean, a lot of the people that are involved, they're all, um, say all a lot of them have been involved with horrible histories. Yeah, yeah. And, and it kind of does have that sensibility to it a little bit, you know, you can mm. sort of see with the, the different characters and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, but there are genuinely laugh out loud moments. I thought there's one episode, I can't remember, it was a couple of, it was a series three where I, you know, genuinely laughing out loud to, to the, the stuff that's happening. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to explain the story particularly, but I think what I've found is that you do get a little bit of backstory behind the ghosts themselves. And although that they come across, some of them come across as a bit, you know, pompous kind of uh you know idiotic or full of themselves mm -hmm. full of their own self-importance all that kind of stuff but when you start to see a little bit about their backstory yeah. you know you empathize with them yeah um it's really good it's it's a it's a great show it's it's something that we both really enjoy uh i tried to get uh lucy into it but she was too busy playing bloody Roblox or something so <laughs> but then at the corner of her eye i think she was kind of looking and i you know when she's sort of like holding the t the, the tablet and mm -hmm. and she's like looking up, she's not really concentrating with what she's going. <laughs> I'm saying, do you want to come down, come and actually sit with us and watch it? And she's like, no, no, it's fine. But then you know, I think she'll sort of dip in and out of it. Yeah. But um, it's really good. Um, but the question I was going to ask you is that because I know that the um US version is available as well, so I'm watching this on the iPlayer. Yeah. I think um the US version's on the iPlayer as well. But are and obviously the the actors and you know are going to be different but is it kind of like the same story or the, or the same sort of episodes if you know what i mean I, I don't feel like i'm kind of watching the same thing over again no i mean the setup is the same of course it's a couple she bangs her head can see ghosts they you know they get the place i mean the setup is the same but the stories are different because and there's different characters in it as well there's some that are so in the british one you've got the british politician with no trousers yeah. in the american one this is the similar one so they've got like the jock um with no trousers the jock that sort of wall street guy with no trousers um the american one has got a viking and uh native indian native american indian um yeah, the character is a little bit different. I'm trying to remember which ones now. But no, th there's no way you go, oh, I've seen that. I think maybe the first episode you might, but that's because it's mostly about the setup. But apart right. from that, it goes off in different directions with all sorts of different stuff. There's one that will give you a little taster of the humour <laughs> with that. So in the American one, there's sort of this running joke that at some point, they could stop being ghosts, you know, they're whisked up into the ether, into the afterlife, whatever. But they, the way that they do it is that they're scared of being sucked off because that's... <laughs> yeah, that's a running joke in the, the British one. That's it. it. They, they, so they all, but there's, there's, yeah, don't worry about, oh, no, I'm, I'm watching the same thing and everything. It's, it is different enough to warrant watching that as well. Yeah. So, uh, well, well, we'll check that out, but we're working our, yeah. our way through it. And it's a it's a cracking show. It really it is. is. Yeah. It's very funny. Um, I think I was not put off by it, but I don't know about you, but 
I think because there are so many different things to watch and because mm. you've got subscription services, oh, yeah. I kind of, I don't avoid traditional TV like BBC One or ITV, or, but I just kind of feel like there's there's so much competition and it's it's not going to be, not that, not that it's not going to be as good, but it's just not going to be as, I don't know, well produced or, or that not as have much money sort of spent on it so it's just not going to look as good and mm. i was talking to adam about this and i think he kind of he, he's watched a few episodes of ghost and he wasn't that keen on it but and he said he, he felt a little bit cheap and i i can i can kind of see where he's coming from mm. a little bit but then at the same and like i said when when you compare it to some of the stuff i'll talk about shortly but that's kind of why i think i probably didn't watch it at the time we just never did i yeah. mean the, the thing that people is all talking about at the moment is that um show about the post office um on itv mm-hmm. um starring toby jones which again people are saying you know is really good and obviously that sparked a huge kind of co- uh, debate and discussion mm-hmm. and everything yeah. in this country um but again it's just one of those things i'm just kind of i don't know if i'm going to watch it because it's on itv which sounds really snobby <laughs> and I don't... <laughs> you, know I mean? you know what mate we finished watching it just the other night all four episodes of that. Me, me, another TV, admittedly, yeah. four episodes. Uh, that, that's like, that's another one where it's another, this, this probably be a running thing there, it's another bit conned where you get so fucking angry with the post office and the government and those higher up, mate, and you feel so sorry for the people. It's really good. It is really good. And for me to say that about a TV show, it has to be good to keep me watching until the end of it. And I was, yeah, I was pretty transfixed with it. Um, more yeah. so when you go, you know, it did happen. So it's almost like a doc, well, it's a docudrama, isn't it? Some things are changed a little bit, but the, the whole, the main story of it is, is true. And it just makes you think, Oh my God, I just despair at some of the things happening in the world. And mm. the shit some of these people went through is just horrendous. It, it, Uh, yeah Yeah, it's good it's good to watch in a way where if you're having a bad day yourself you you can think well there's people there that went through a lot worse than my bad day at the moment you know keeps things in perspective it's one of those yeah for people who don't know what we're talking about it's mr bates versus the post office and there's a huge scandal at the moment in this country about it all which is coming to light so um but yeah um then on Netflix, so uh, Lucy and I are watching Stranger Things together. Oh, um, do you so, not watched it before? Or is it with? Is it like a catch up with Lucy that she's not seen it before? She's definitely not seen it before. So uh, I watched, or say I, Lu- uh, Kay and I watched the um, the first series and half of the second series, yeah. and then for some reason we just never carried on watching it. So I'm up to the point where I stopped watching it last time, hmm. but. It's one of those things. Lucy's, like I said, she's 11 and a bit now. So her birthday's in June. And, uh, you know, her friends, they're all different development stages. And one of her friends watches um, Stranger Things. And Lucy was talking about it. So I said, come on, we'll watch it together. So I've watched, um, like I said, I know the first series it's a little bit scary, but it's there's nothing gory in it particularly. It's, it's, uh, you know, and I suppose the main thing about the first series that people seem to be drawn to obviously was the, the setting and the, the, you know, the era and everything, yeah, yeah. you know, the whole eighties aspect and the whole, you know, kind of I suppose Goonies element to mm-hmm. it. And, you know, Stephen King style kind of Dean Koontz story, all that sort of stuff. Um, so we, we've watched the first series and we're halfway through the second series. And I think she's starting to get a little bit more, 
uh, upset's probably the wrong word, but she mm. does sort of like you can. I can feel like because we're sitting in the same chair together and we're watching. I can feel how she tenses up while she watches yeah, some of yeah, the things that are yeah. a little bit more sort of I suppose um, you know uh, scary for her. So, but it's a nice thing. It's a nice thing for us to do together. And it's now we're getting to the point, like I said, where I don't know what's coming. So I've heard that the third and fourth series so i think the fourth episodes four, fourth series episodes quite long like it one is. of them is about two two hours long yeah. or something yeah it it's is more yeah. of a film it is yeah definitely but, but um so i think what she likes about it all are the sort of like the what she she kind of the described as say like the difference between the first series and the second series there's a lot of them at school and there's a lot of the kids together and they're doing things and they're getting to know Elle and all this sort of stuff. And then there's a little romantic things going on. She likes that element of it. Mm-hmm. And she, cause she was saying the sort of more darker elements in the second series, you're like, bring back the happy stuff. <laughs> cause I think she likes that kind of, you know, cause like I said, she's kind of, you know, growing up and, yeah. um, and whatever. So, but at least me being with her, I can say, you know, it's okay. It's only a TV show. Don't be scared. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I probably, I probably don't phrase it like that. I'll probably say something like, "I'll just stop being a baby." It's, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's fine. You know, just get because I want to watch it too. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it is fine. I mean, I do, and so to be fair, like I said, when I say to her, should we go and watch a couple of episodes of Strange Things? Because that's the problem with. I mean, you've got children which are slightly different ages. Obviously, they're grown up now. But mm. what I find is that Sophie's seven and Lucy's 11. So trying to find things for us to watch as a family, it's not hard because there's mm. tons of stuff out there. But I wa- you want to watch things that are going to connect with Lucy that are probably a bit too grown up for Sophie. Yeah. You- yeah. And so... And Stranger Things definitely wouldn't be suitable for Sophie. Um, although we 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 all did watch Wednesday together, um, which I think isn't as threatening as Stranger Things. It's very much more lighter touch, although mm-hmm. it still has a bit more kind of there's a bit more horror in it, but it's it's not horrific horror mm-hmm. and it's kind of like fantasy horror, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um so although initially I think there were a couple of bits that Sophie was a bit scared of in, in Wednesday, but oh I mean they watch it constantly now. It's like they've become desensitized to it. They just mm-hmm. watch Wednesday. They've watched it so many times it's ridiculous. I don't have you I don't know if you've watched that yet. No, I haven't no. It's very good. Anyway, uh so yeah, Stranger Things, that's a, it's an oldie but a goodie, so I'll keep you updated about that. Mm-hmm. Um and then um so Again, an oldie, but I'm kind of playing catch up a little bit. So, um, and I knew that Kay wouldn't want to watch this with me. So it's kind of picking my moments to watch it. So I thought in my lunchtime, I'll sit and, I'll sit and watch something for an hour. And so I started watching Squid Game, um, <laughs> which I'd never seen before. I've heard about, um, knew a bit about it. Oh, excuse me. But. Um, I'd never seen it before, and um, I think sometimes, you, I, I may have said this before, but, you know, when people talk about things constantly, so oh, this is amazing, you've got to watch it, you've got yeah. to watch it, and you think, I'm not going to fucking watch it, I don't want to, it just because you you're off. telling me. Yeah, I'm, it does, it does yeah. put you off, yeah. And it's like, no, I'll watch it when I'm ready. But mm. So and I think that there was a little bit of that with Squid Game, like, because people were just constantly mm. going on about the fucking show. So, <laughs> I mean, it came out in, in 2021, so it's, it's you know, been oh, out for God. a few years now. It is. It is really good. I mean, it is obviously the comparisons to things like, I suppose, um, uh, Battle Royale and yeah. Games and yeah. things like that. So people know the story. 
but it it is very good. I don't think I've ever been as tense watching because they put them through all these little trials and stuff, some physical, some mental, some, you know, different things. But the, the, the episode where the, I don't know if you remember, if you've seen it, I'm taking yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Where they're trying to scratch a, a, a shape at, oh, out God. of a biscuit. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I don't think I've ever been as tense watching something. And the whole, when they, <laughs> they have to cross the bridge of, of glass. Oh, oh God, and, yeah. And all of that sort of stuff. But again, it's one of those where, you know, the characters in it, you do go on a journey with them. I know it sounds corny, but um, it's, a, it's a really good show. And, uh, yeah, so. You're going to have to, mate. Once you've finished it, you're going to have to watch the Squid Game. Is it Squid Game, the challenge? The reality TV series. Yeah, that, I remember you it. said about oh, that. Oh, mate, yeah. yeah, I got so addicted to that. It's it. I put it as essential viewing after you've watched the actual series. Yeah. Yeah. So I will have to check that have one. You out. Been, um, have, have you been sitting with like a ginger nut now trying to like scratch a shape a star? Oh my god, it's a star. <laughs> I've got to scratch out this ginger nut. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, but anyway, it's um it's a it's a good show. So um uh, another one, this one's Amazon Prime or Freevee, which uh, seems mm, to be a thing on mm-hmm. on Amazon. Um which I don't mind some, but it is a bit annoying where, and I think it's something else that they're going to be introducing with Amazon is the adverts in oh, shows. God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they charge enough for, for things like that. And yeah. I know, I think you can get with Netflix, can't you? You can get a, like a slightly cheaper package where you, you get it with adverts mm-hmm. built in and stuff like that, yeah. but, but whatever. So, um, this is, uh, Bosch legacy. So uh, I was a big fan of, Bosch, um, when it, the, the, it's just the word in it, you, know, you just want to go Bosch. Bing, bang, um, Bosch. Yeah, but um, it's a, a, a well, the, the, t- the original show um, based on the books by Michael Connolly, um, starring Titus Welliver as, uh, as Bosch, Harry Bosch, uh, who was cop in the first uh, few episodes. Uh, series and that's kind of like follows him as he's as a carp investigating the whole thing about him is he you know he kind of stands up for the people who can't speak for themselves because they're dead you know and the people whose murders have gone unsolved and he's got his whole history you know with his mom and being in foster care himself and all that sort of stuff and how he you know he's trying to uh bond with his daughter but then so um that, that those ended i think there were i don't know if there were four or five series of those but really good really enjoyable because i like cop shows like mm-hmm. that yeah uh, particularly Amer- american ones uh so then bosch legacy uh came out uh which follows on from he's no longer a cop he's a private eye there's two series of this and it does follow more so hi- him and his daughter who's a cop now mm-hmm. um she's kind of like a probationary uh, police officer and um kind of follows her story as well so there are recurring characters from uh, previous episodes, but again, it's 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 just a, it's got that kind of um, that thing I like about American cop shows. You know, there's a bit of intrigue, a bit of who done it. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of the there's that sheen, there's that shine to them. Uh, it's it's good. Um, uh, you know, and and they're good characters. So uh, I enjoyed that both of those series as well. So yeah, it's another recommendation. Yeah. Amazon Prime, another one. So Ooh. this is brand spanking new. It finished last week. Um, I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know how I feel about because like when they stream stuff, it's like you, I want to watch it all in one go. <laughs> but when they release an episode every week, it's like, oh, come on, come on. <laughs> um, 
anyway, the new ep- the new series of Reacher has just oh, um, okay. come out and just finished. So she's back, but based on uh, the the books by Lee Childs uh, on the character Jack Reacher, um, who I've spoken about before with the first series, and obviously there was the Tom Cruise movies, which I like the first one, second one not so much, mm. um, and, and this is um, Alan. Um, Richson, who plays Jack Reacher. And the whole thing about Tom Cruise was like the criticism, apparently, in the books. He's a huge dude. And, you know, just looking at him, he's intimidating. Obviously, Tom Cruise isn't that, um, you know, being quite short, I suppose. But, um, and and he is, he's he's massive, you know. And <laughs> I enjoyed the first series. Um, he is a big guy. And it's one of those shows where, you know, there's a, the, the with the first series it was his brother who just he'd been killed mm. so it was kind of him out to find out what happened to his brother and the whole thing about jack reacher is is that he's he's like a wanderer you know he, he similar to bosch i suppose in some ways he helps the little person you know yeah. because he's a big guy and he stands up for the people who can't stand up for themselves so uh and then he obviously gets embroiled in in uh, mysteries and suspense and all that sort of stuff um so in this series, I mean, I think they've even made a big thing of it, like, you know, reaches back and he's bigger than ever. And he is literally bigger than he was in the first <laughs> film. He's like he's like a, a WWE wrestler. He's he's ridiculously big now. It's almost and, and there's bits where in the first one he was big, don't get me wrong. Hmm. But in this one, it's almost like he's become a bit of a caricature of <laughs> of him, himself in the first one. Yeah. Like I'm not quite, and when he runs in this, is you can tell he, he's obviously so big he can't run very quickly. <laughs> I mean, you know, so the thing is, like Arnold Schwarzenegger was massive, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I, I still remember in, there was that scene in in the Running Man where it's like he's sprinting. You're thinking, God, he's you know he's quite quick as well, isn't he? You know, mm. um, but in this, he just seems like he's quite big and lumbering kind of thing. But so, so similar story in the second one as it is in the first one that so uh it, he's part of a it's kind of like a there's flashbacks to when he was in the army with his um his team of uh, investigators and uh, how they all got together and then it kind of like the most that the current story is that they're being killed off and then you know so obviously he's figuring out what's going on there mm. and it's fun and it's enjoyable and each episode's about 45 minutes to 50 minutes long and it's eight episodes so it's not you know hard go or anything and i did enjoy it but the problem i've got with it is i think is that because he's so big in this and whenever he gets into a fight you're thinking well he's a big you know there's no way that anybody (laughs) coming up against him is gonna hurt him because he's fucking massive and then the other thing is like the formula of the episodes as well was is that so you can guarantee it's a bit like the a team in as much as that you can so that there'll be a little bit of suspense, a little bit of drama, and then at, you can guarantee at some point in the episode there will be a fight. That that, that will just, <laughs> you know, yeah. there'll be a fight, there'll be a shootout, there'll be something that will happen in every episode. It's pretty much like that is exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with that, you know, and it's got, it does feel a little bit sort of like a bit of like an 80s type action style you know, big dude, big muscular dude, and he's got a team of people. He's got, you know, he's he's other mates that you know, and they have fights and they do stuff and whatever. But yeah, so it's it's fine. It, it just it, it didn't quite click with me, and I think it's again it's down to the size 
and maybe I don't know if the formulas kind of you know how, how much steam it's going to have but it's going to be the strength of the stories I think that will carry it rather than mm. it, the strength of the action because you know Anyway, so that was that. Uh, on a slightly lighter note, and this is on Disney Plus. Um, so the third series of Only Murders in the Building. Have you watched any of these at all? I have never even heard of it, mate. Oh, mate, fuck! It's um, so I, I'd heard of it. I can't remember exactly where, but I'd heard of it somewhere. And it's a comedy show. Again, fairly short episodes, thirty minutes long. It stars um, Steve Martin. Uh, Martin Shaw, uh, Selena Gomez, but then they have guest stars in it. So um, if you if you like the, the, the likes of Paul Rudd, mm. uh, Tina Fey, um, Meryl Streep, um, you know those are just some of the the people that have appeared in this show. I'm just trying, um, Oliver, uh, not Oliver Platt. Oh God, what was his name? I'm just oh Nathan Lane yeah, he appears in um one of you know, some of the episodes just a really good cast uh Jane Lynch Michael uh, Lynch Michael Rappaport you know some really good actors and yeah. in, in, in there Matthew Broderick um Shirley MacLaine Bloody <laughs> Amy, <hell. laughs> Sting Amy Schumer you know there's just so many different like people in, in who appear in it basically it's it's um uh, in set in New York, you've got these three people who live there, all very different people. Um, you've got um, Steve Martin, who used to be a, a, a TV actor, and then you've got Martin Short, who used, who's a playwright and a play director. He's very flamboyant and eccentric. And then you've got Selena Gomez, who's a bit of a loner. And they all kind of get linked together because of a murder that happens in their building. And they all decide... So this is how far podcasting's come, I guess. So they all decide... <laughs> to make do a murder mystery podcast and it's kind of like them trying to solve the murder uh, by doing whilst doing this podcast and it, it's really good it, it's really sharp it's really funny um they bounce off each other really well and like i said it's got a, a really good array of um guest stars like yeah. in this most recent series you've got meryl street paul rudd and and they do all link in with each other so i would reckon you can't really drop into it say like series two or whatever because you'll you will miss everything that happened in series one yeah. so definitely start at the beginning but um it does link and so and it's it sets it up the end of each series it sets it up for the next episode uh, sorry next series so like something's happened in series three which is like Oh wow, you know, and then it's kind of like so it, it does keep you going. It is really good. I'm mm. Steve Martin and Martin Short are so good in this. <laughs> um, yeah, Steve Martin's had an interesting career, obviously, because he did all those films in the sort of like se- uh, late seventies, early eighties, yeah. and he was huge, wasn't he? Yeah, Absolutely yeah. massive yeah. star. And then sort of like late nineties, two thousands, you know, it seemed like he couldn't make a good film, and mm. or it was all just crap really yeah uh that's the way it seemed and martin short as well similarly i suppose so bringing them together you actually realize how funny and good they are and it's almost like steve martin's kind of like the straight man in it a little bit do you know Mm -hmm. what i mean um which isn't really steve martin is it you know and martin short's kind of like the one that tries to but the yeah it's really good really good so i definitely recommend that that's Mm -hmm. on disney plus nice um and then finally, so uh, because I'm playing The Witcher 3, uh, The Wild Hunt, uh, again, <laughs> I, I played this when it came out originally in 2015 on the PlayStation 4. Yeah. Um, got over 100 hours into it. Whoa. And 
um you know really enjoyed it loved it and for some reason i just stopped playing and put it down and i can't remember <laughs> why exactly i think something else must have come along and then i did try and turn it on again and i was like what am i doing What's oh wrong? mate isn't that oh that is so annoying like you said even if you've put like a hundred hours into a game if you leave it for a little bit that muscle memory can just go and it's it just gets frustrating doesn't it trying to play it and i do the same i go fuck it i'm going to start from the beginning again well, so anyway, I mean, I'm not going to talk too much about this because I did it in the, the speedrun show, but uh, the, there was a PS5 update, which faster loading, better mm. graphics, you know, all that kind of jazz. So I thought, I'll start again from scratch. So now I'm about 46 hours into it. I'm, and I thought I'd be bored playing it because, I've, you know, I thought, how am I going to cope? Because I've done a lot of stuff. But obviously yeah. there's some time elapsed. Um, so I do remember some of it. But then at the same time, um, you know, it's still really enjoyable and mm. really fun. Uh, and actually seems to be moving thing, through things faster. Um, that's probably because I am fast traveling a little bit as opposed to, you know, kind of just yeah. going everywhere on my horse. Yeah. I still do that to an extent, but anyway. anyway. So Anyway, people need to go and listen to you and Adam in the new show. That's what they need to do. Well, There's a little tease for go. them. Yeah. So The Witcher TV show on Netflix came out in 2019. And you'd have thought I'd have been all over this. But mm -hmm. for some reason, I never watched it when it came out. Um, and then I started to read a few bits and pieces about it, people being critical of it and whatever. And it kind of just, I just never bothered. And again, it's one of those shows that I know that Kay wouldn't watch with me because mm -hmm. she, ne she never liked Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. So anything that's violent, she just checks out completely. So, well, surprisingly, she did actually watch Reacher, which has got quite violent bits in it. But then I don't know if it's because she liked Reacher, but still. <laughs> and, you any could excuse, be onto right? something, yeah. You could be onto something with that one. Any excuse for him to get his fucking top off in that, by the way. <laughs> That's it's... why she's watching it, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, anyway. So, uh, starring your mate, um, Henry. Uh, Hen Henry Cavill. Mm -hmm. Is it Cavill or Cavill? How would, how would you say it? Cavill. Cavill. I, yeah. I've always said Henry, Henry Cavill. Yeah. Um, I always say Cavill because that's what everybody was calling him way back when. You know, when you just when we were having a few drinks together, you know. Ah, oh, those days. Pool. Yeah. Just <laughs> <then>. <laughs> um, so I think maybe the thing that put me off watching it in the first place back it, it, when it was released was that I'm not a ma sorry to upset you, Dave, but I'm not really a massive fan of Henry Cavill. Mm. I mean, I can't say I've watched everything he's been in. Things that come to mind, obviously, are Superman, which, eh, I mean, I'm not saying he was bad in the role, but it's just the film itself didn't really do anything for me. Mm. And as Adam and I spoke about recently when we did Superman uh, 3, I, I can't get past Christopher Reeve as Superman, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just, that's, that's, you know. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, The Man from Uncle, which was, again, I've seen once, a eh, bit throwaway, but, mm -hmm. you know, fine, whatever. Um, he was in, what else have I seen him in? Oh, he was in the Mission Impossible film, wasn't he? Which I thought he was all right in actually in that, uh, you know. Um, but I'm trying to think what else I've seen well, he's him in. He's never going to top Hellraiser Hellworld, is he? Come on. I mean, that's. <laughs> 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 And I think because you kind of get used to listening to Doug Cockle, uh, who voices Geralt yeah, yeah. in the video games, you're thinking, well, eh. and I started to see pictures of him and I'm thinking, oh, I don't know if I like the look of him either as well. So that put me off a little bit. Mm. I, ha I have to say, so I've just finished finish watching the first series of The Witcher. Um, 
it, overall enjoyed it. It kept me entertained, and it, uh, it is, you know, I think because I'm playing the game, mm. I'm more invested in it. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I think uh, Henry Cavill isn't bad actually. I think he does a decent job. He does do the whole gruff voice thing, mm-hmm. but not so much so that he's. He sounds like Batman in, you know, like yeah. when, you know, when um, the Dark Knight, when Christian Bale and he, he, he was like proper, yeah, no, I'm Batman and thing. <laughs> he doesn't, he does sound gruff, but he doesn't sound like that kind yeah. of thing. Um, so, you know, kind of believable that that, that is his voice. Um, and I think what I'm enjoying about it is that it's set before the game. So it sort of sets up some of the, these characters. So I've, I've heard about certain things. I've heard about certain people, places and whatever, but it, it's kind of fleshed out a bit more for me in the TV show. The one thing that I did find about a bit strange about it is that the timelines and the whole, um, the, the way that the story is told, it's almost, you're never sure where you are with it, whether things are sort of like being told in, is it, is this happening now mm-hmm. or is this happening in the past? Yeah. Or yeah. When, have you watched any of this by the way? Yeah, I watched, I watched all of the first series and I've got to be honest with you, mate. I struggled to complete it. I did watch the full series, but I watched the last, I don't know, th- at least three, possibly four just to watch it with Tina. I got, I got bored with it. I did. Mm. I got bored with it, and um, yeah. So I got no interest after that. Once it had finished, it was like, no, I've seen enough. Thank you. I'm done with it. Yeah. I'm done with it. Yeah. Well, I sent Tina a message actually asking about it, and um, she said that she can't remember much about it, but she remember, she watched the second series, but she hasn't watched the third one. Hmm. Didn't I read? I think I read something that isn't he. He's done now with it. He's done with it now. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to be, is he, so is, is there going to be a new Geralt or is it going yeah, to be a different character? Yeah, there's a new Geralt and I forget and there'll be people screaming at us because it, it was announced, it was announced last year who was going to be the new Geralt. Isn't uh, it the, one of the brothers, the brother of, um, the, the Thor, what's his fucking oh, name? Oh, Hemsworth, um, Liam Hemsworth. One of the, Liam, Liam Hemsworth, is that who it's going to be? Yeah. I can't uh, remember off the top of my head. It'd be if funny it, 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 if it was like it some, is, yeah. some off the wall casting like, I don't know, Harry Styles or something like that would <laughs> make it interesting. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's it's Liam Hemsworth. So so interesting, I suppose, in for from the point of view. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, you know, it's got, a, a, you know, it kind of makes me appreciate the video game and everything yeah, they've put yeah. into that even more, uh, you know, because it's it's there. Like, so he's referred to the butcher of Blaviken in the video game. Like, well, what's that all about? I don't know why. And this, so there's a, a scene in the, the, the TV show, which explains, you know, shows why he's referred to as that. So that mm. was nice to be able to join up those dots a little bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, overall, I'm, it's, it's, it's not blowing me away, but it's enjoyable enough for me to carry on watching mm. it. Yeah. It does feel, I mean, obviously it's quite gory in places, which is fine, but it does feel a little bit like a fantasy light almost. I don't, I don't mm. do you know what I'm trying to say? I think like with Game of Thrones, there was all people always going up about Game of Thrones and it's, you know, this, uh, uh, you know, amazing show and everything. And, and I enjoy Game of Thrones, but this kind of almost feels a little bit, um, there was a there's an element of Game of Thrones to a certain degree before dragons and stuff started coming into it, where it's kind of quite gritty and grounded. Whereas this is very much fantasy, yeah. you know, fantasy sort of like um, st- style. Um, 
but overall enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I'll stick with it. I'll watch the second series. But again, this is another one that I will watch on my own um, because Kay won't watch it. So <laughs> even Henry Cavill with his oh, top off occasionally. Yeah, yeah, because he takes his top off in this. So yeah, there's quite a lot of boob in it as well. That um, the, the character who plays Yennefer, she's she's not shy. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> but no. Um, whilst I'm playing the game, I will carry on. Yeah. With the TV show to yeah. see where it goes. Yeah. Why not? Why not? You'll have to. Uh, you'll have to give me an update when you've got through series two. Yeah, but that's it. I mean, that's that. You know, when I say TV, I mean, like I said, the traditional TV. Mm. There's only really one TV show because everything else is such. You know, it's either on a subscription service. It's. Yeah. I mean, I've gone through all of them there pretty much. Have not you? Know, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime. And Netflix, you know, there's there's so much stuff out there. It's oh yeah, ridiculous, so. everything everything that you've mentioned there, I would classify as TV. That's that's the way it is now, isn't it? Like you say, it's you know the whole landscape of it's changed so much that that's TV these days. I have before I forget though, just going back to ghosts, I've got a question for you about ghosts, and, and it's it's quite simply, mate. Who's your favourite ghost? Oh. Um, Just to put you on the spot, you know. Yeah, I think um, I probably like um, uh, the what's his face. The I like them all. You bastard! That's really hard. <laughs> I thought this but would be a tricky one. I think Julian. I quite like Julian. Um, there was yeah, there was an episode where. Because he, they've all got. Well, say all. Some of them have got little skills and things that yeah. they can do. So he yeah. can t- he can touch things and move things. That's his. <laughs> but the way he does it, it's like he's straining on the toilet for a shit when he's like <laughs> when he's trying to push something. And um, I think him. Uh, well, they're all good, but he's they quite are. funny. Yeah, uh, he's he's got a funny face. That actor hasn't he? He's got a, a bit of an odd face. But um, no. Well, who about how about you? Mine and this developed over the course of the series because I think this character's got a, a good arc to him. And I've forgotten his name, the caveman. Oh, um, yes. I can picture it. It's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, but, um, it's, it's I, him. I'll find out. He's, he's my um, favourite in it. Um, but it's good because I don't know when, like you said, you get a lot of the backstory from the characters as well, and that happens all the way through. You find out more about each character. Uh, and this and there's oh yeah if each one of them there's like a lovely backstory and stuff that you revisit with them you know when they were alive which I think is great all the way through and the one with him is really good Robin too. Robin Robin yeah actually how can I how did I miss him um, Pat Butcher he's fantastic he's good the the sort of scout leader with oh, an arrow in his oh, neck oh yeah <laughs> he's brilliant yeah good death as well actually that was a good death yeah. I love the fact that he's still going to walk around with that arrow in his neck as well. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I will, I'll go through these movies. I say I've got five movies, mate. Um, the first one, uh, ooh, yeah. the first one I'm not going to say a lot about. Uh, all I'm going to say yeah. is, is watch it. It was, it was my movie of last year, my movie of 2023. <laughs> Giving something away here because it's not even out over here yet. So you can guess how I watched it. Uh, I think it's coming out in the cinemas, and is it pretty soon? The Holdovers, anyway, The Holdovers. Oh, yeah, um, Tina said this was good, yeah. Oh, yeah, directed by Alexander Payne, who's a great director, anyway. Um, it's about it's it's about a teacher. It's set in the early 70s, oh, and the luck of it 
you'd you'd swear it was made in like in 1971. That the, the whole look of everything, from the aspect ratio to the color palette, obviously to the set design and everything, to the whole style of the film itself, you'd think it was an early 70s film. So it's about this teacher, and it's set at Christmas time, and he's in this boarding school, and the 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 titular holdovers are some of well, there's one. Uh, student who's held over over the Christmas period uh, and the teacher's not very happy. The teacher is Paul Giamatti who should, fingers crossed, win Best Actor, mate. He's, mm, a, he's a, good. I like he's, him. Oh, he's incredible in this. He's so incredible. And this is a story and it's two and a quarter hours but it's two and a quarter hours that fly by. It's one of those, you know, you're not clock watching at all while you're watching it. And the story that it takes you on is just like, you know, full of humour, full of tears. It takes you through every emotion as you're watching it and you really connect with these characters. It's one of those. Um, it's a beautiful film, both visually and in its content as well. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Watch the holdovers um, and and then sit back and say thank you. <laughs> if you've never heard of it. <laughs> if you've never, I'm sure it's all over the place at the moment with it because it is getting a lot of Oscar pop, as it well should Um and, it, and it's really good. But yeah, Paul Giamatti is just outstanding in it. So uh, I do hope he gets the best actor for it. Uh, something something totally different is an Argentinian horror film uh, called mm. When Evil Lurks. Uh, and this is one that Ramrod recommended to uh, to me and Tina. And we watched it. And holy shit. It's great because uh, it's got the gore. It's got the tension. It's got the, it's the sort of some cerebral uh, horror to it makes you think you know it's it's um it's a possession film and you know your mind immediately goes to well me anyway the exorcist but it's so it's so different to that so it's set in in this remote place the part of argentina and there's two brothers and they they go to this house and there's this guy there's this guy and he's bloated and covered in pus and all sorts of ooze coming out of him uh, and he's he's possessed. So one of the brothers wants to shoot him, you know, and just finish it. But they go, no, no, you can't. I forget what they call. I forget what they call it when the people are possessed. There's a word for it. Um, and they say, no, you can't do that because this demon will then be loose and the whole village will be in danger and everybody will die and this evil will be loose. So what they do, they sling, they sling this body in the back of the... He's still alive, obviously. They wrap him up in this sheet, put him into the back of um, a van, drive off. And they swerve to miss something in the road. There's a deer or something in the road. And they swerve and then they carry on driving. And they get to where they were going to dump the body only to discover that when they swerved, the body fell out of the back of the van. Uh, so they go and try to find it and they need to stop this evil. And again, that's all I'm going to say about that because it is, it's, it's slow paced. And it is, like I say, it's very cerebral. And you think, oh yeah, and it's all got this build up, but there's some shocking bits in it, mate. Now, me, really? who, who loves horror, um, I've I've not seen one particular scene, one moment that's had an effect on me like when I watched this. <laughs> there was, and I'm not going to say what it was, but it had, it was like a double whammy. There was the there was the jump scare, which usually jump scare, you know, you get fucking hell. What's the, what's the old classic? Where somebody throws a cat on somebody, and it's like wow. And yeah. Then, so that is, you know, they've been done to death. But there's this this particular bit where there's a jump scare. Something happens, 
followed by one of the most horrific things I've seen. Now, it's it's not that graphic in one way, as in there's not like blood and guts and intestines flying everywhere. It's because of the content and you know you know what's happening. You don't need to see lots to get what's happening. So you get this jump scare and then the repercussions of it immediately afterwards. So you go, whoa, and then you go, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's like, oh, and there's a couple of scenes like that, but this one particular one is, oh, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. Um, mm. it it's good if you're into your horror and um, you want something a little bit different. Um Obviously, it's subtitled. I know that puts quite a few people off. Please don't let it put you off watching this when evil lurks. It And again, um, I'm pretty sure it's on one of the streaming services. I don't think, you know, it's one that was um, grabbed from somewhere. But it is. If you're in the mood for a good horror film, there you go. When evil lurks from uh, an Argentinian one, which is, is really good. Moving across to Uruguay... Uh, this is current where it's the holdovers was my favorite film that I watched last year. The favorite film that I've watched this year is Society of the Snow, which is on um, Netflix. Mm. True story. Now, have you seen the film Alive from 1993? No, but I've heard of it. You I know, know of it. About. You know of it. Yeah, the plane yes. crashes. Yeah. Plane crashes in the Andes. It's um, Uruguayan uh, rugby team, young lads, you know, teens, um, late teens, early 20s. They crash in the Andes. Quite a few of them die on on the impact, but a lot survive. And they're left there. And the big thing about it, uh, and that this is what Alive was sold on really, was to stay... They're there for like fucking months. To stay alive, they end up eating the dead. Yes. And that's the whole... And that was the the shock thing with it. Um, This, of course, is a retelling of that story that happened, I think it was 1970... It was early 70s. I forget the exact year, but it was very early 70s, 72, I think, uh, when it happened. So it was a retelling of that. So for me, always, and I've not seen Alive in quite a few years, but I always held it up as not only being a really good film, but having the the best, if you can say best, plane crash that I'd seen in cinema. Mm. It was a, I preferred it even above um, Final Destination. And the plane crash in this, mate, Oh, oh God! Me and Tina were just—we there were audible noises coming out of us as the plane crash scene was happening. There was like, "Oh fuck! Ah no!" <laughs> you know, all those kinds of things <laughs> as it was going on. It, oh, mate, it's it's horrible. It is really horrible. Um, I doubt very much this will be shown on any flights. Imagine if you get on a, if, if any airline shows this as on their flights. Geez, they've got balls of steel, mate. Um, so it tells you the story of this, and of course, you know they have to say they have to, you know, show that um, they do end up eating people. But it's not about that. It's about, and this is this is two and a half hours, and it's another one. I could have watched another hour of it easily. I got so engrossed in it. It's all about it's all about the people and the fact that you know it really happened. They really went mm. they really went through all of this is um is horrific. The style of it, the cinematography in it, the acting in it is just incredible. And all the way through you're thinking, fuck me, they actually did this. And the way that it they eventually so many of them, you know, there's no spoilers here, so many of them survive. What two particular people did to make that happen is just mind-blowing it really is so i went back and went back and i shouldn't have done 
because it wiped my memories. I went back and watched the plane crash of Alive, and it looks fucking awful now. Does <laughs> it? it does. <laughs> and, the, and the film itself has got a, like a proper made-for-TV look about it, and it's like, oh, that's that's just... You know when you see a film that you think, that's an awesome film, that's an awesome film, and then you revisit it and you think, oh, that's not aged well. Yeah. It, it's done... This has done that for me with Alive, and apparently, and I... Because it led me and Tina down a rabbit hole then. There was an amazing, and we still got the end of it to watch, I think it was Channel 5 three-part documentary, um, where the survivors talk and they go through what happened and they've got photographs from there. There's the video of when they were saved and everything. There's uh, the video now they've gone back to the actual crash site and so on. That's really, really good. Uh, we went onto YouTube and we're watching interviews with the real people from it as well. Um, and I found out, and I think it's a 19, I think it's 1976 film. So only a few years after the actual event happened, there was a film made. Um, and I seem to think, and I could be wrong, it's either Mexican or Brazilian film, really low budget. And I think it was called Survive or Survivors to do about it. I've, no, mm-hmm. I've not seen that one. Um, now, you don't need to know about the true story of this. Um, you don't need to have watched the live. Society of the Snowmate is... It's one of those where... Oh, you feel, you feel a bit ill after watching it. Cause it takes really? You, oh, yeah, you feel so bad for them. The shit that happens, mate, is just incredible. But it's a good human story. And, you know, how humans can overcome even the most adverse conditions and things that happen to them and it will lead you down that little rabbit hole of I want to find out more and you'll end up on YouTube and you'll end up watching documentaries about it and so on it's it's really really good mate was um you know the the crash in alive was that sort of cg based because that was 93 when that came out so yeah was... there was cg and some back projection and yeah it it's just not held up very well yeah. whatsoever unfortunately and the, just, uh, the bits that I saw ca- as well just paled into insignificance with the way that this is filmed. The whole story of when they're there as well. It's more, this is more true to life, whereas the alive now comes across more, I hate to use the word, but more American. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. this this is good. Really, really good. Um Crap, talking about crap um, plane crashes, um, Air Force One, I don't know if you remember, Harrison Ford and Gary Oldman I watched, from 97. I rewatched it last year, yeah. Uh, oh, that plane <laughs> crash at the end is shocking. It's terrible. <laughs> um, I mean, CG, you know, I suppose, well, some CG, I mean, look at Terminator 2, what was that, 91? I mean, you know, the, or 92, there's some amazing CG out Oh, my there. God, yeah. Park yeah. and whatever. In its early uh, days, but then there's some absolutely shocking crap out there, and, and that yeah. was one of them. Yeah, just kind of almost ruined the film a little bit because it was terrible. But um, yeah, that's one that comes to mind. Uh, two to go. I'm going to say now. This is an older one. This is from 2016, and this was a rewatch because I hadn't watched it. I hadn't watched it probably since it was released back in 2016, and I wanted to wanted to rewatch it. Well, both me and Tina did, and Ramrod had got it on Blu-ray, so we brought it around so we, we could watch it again. If I said to you, mate, name some of your favourite um, zombie films slash 
infected, you know, because there's, you know, there's the classic zombies and there's also the infected, yeah. like, 28 Days Later kind of ones. What would be some of the, your favourites that you would name just off the top of your head? Well, Dawn of the Dead, you know, mm-hmm. the that's the first one that comes to mind isn't it sort of like those day of the dead um like you said 28 days later um mm. just the romero films they're yeah. classics aren't they yeah you know no, i think you can you come out with you know the first ones that most people would say ones like that yeah. uh one that i'm sure a lot of people <laughs> wouldn't say but they should do because i think it got overlooked and i'll tell you in a minute why i think it got overlooked uh, is the girl with all the gifts from 2016 mm, well, you've, you've, you've mentioned this before i've mentioned yeah. this before so i want to bring it up again because with a rewatch, it stood up just as well it was it's, in fact probably enjoyed it even more on a rewatch. you know what like eight years down the line um based on the book tina's read the book i haven't so i don't know how it differs from the book uh but it's it's really and these are you know these are infected rather than your traditional zombies i think it didn't do as well as it could have done because of the title. The girl, mm. with all the, I think that, I think, and please correct me if you think differently. I think if it had been called something more zombie-like, you know, so you've got Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Day, uh, Dead, um, even 28 Days Later is more, a bit hard hitting than The Girl with All the Gifts. I think that could have put people off. You, you oh, I don't know if you immediately think, I think, is it rom-com? What is it? What yeah. kind of, what, what's the sort of like, you know, what's the movie about yeah. that kind of thing? It doesn't really give you a lot to go on, does it? No. No. Um, is it, is it, uh, is it a, 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 you know, like a superhero film or, or yeah. something? I don't know. You can't really, so it could have easily been overlooked with that and you'd be missing out on a great zombie slash infected film. Uh with an amazing performance by the the young actress who hasn't been in much else. Um, I hope I'm going to pronounce her name right now. Senia Nanua. Um, and she's she's amazing in it. A young girl. So it's there's this like virus that's going around the, the world. It's set in the UK and it starts off at like this military base and they've got kids. So these kids have got the virus, but it just, it's more controlled in them. They're human until they get a bit of, bit of a sniff of blood, <laughs> a sniff of a human, and then they, they sort of go, oh, they, we need blood, we need blood. But there's some amazing scenes where it shows outside of the compound. You know, the classic shots where the heart, you know, it pulls up and the outside, and it's like surrounded by all these infected people. The story is so good, mate, and there's so many fucking tense scenes in it. There's one um, where they're creeping through, because they have to go, they're trying to, they come out, not to give too much away, they come out of the compound and there's some people survive and they come out of there. Uh, Paddy Constantine's in it. He's he's great in it as well. Uh, so they mm. come to the more built-up areas, which of course have got loads of these infected, but they're sort of half asleep. They don't they they respond to if they if they can't sense you like with the smell or too loud of a sound, they don't really bother you. So if they're sneaking through them. <laughs> it's so fucking tense as they're trying to do it. Um, there's some great like chase scenes. There's some good, some good gore in it. There's a good story to it. So because we revisited it and I enjoyed it so much, I just wanted to bring it up again, just in case we've got any new listeners or people from old that didn't bother watching it. 
because I think it is a zombie slash infected movie that has been overlooked and is overlooked and should be in more conversations when you talk about those type of films because it, it's that good, I think. So mm. if you're into them, yeah, yeah, please, if you do watch it, I'd love to hear what you think of it. Um, yeah. Because I know you love, you know, Dawn of the Dead and all of those. I'm sure you'd love this one, mate. Yeah, and well, you sold it when you said Paddy Considine. I, lo- I <laughs> like him. I think he's fantastic. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to finish up another horror. For some reason, I didn't didn't really watch many horror films during October, which is the traditional month for watching them. So you had a cheery Christmas. It was yeah. Christmas. Yeah, for some reason, <laughs> December was full of horror movies, um, and December was the month when no, actually, we watched this this month, January. We watched a film that's set in November in America, Thanksgiving. And uh, I think this is on Netflix as well. Surprised the shit out of me. Thought it'd be one of those, oh, his, you know, mid-twenties people playing teenagers that just get annoying. Um, No, this. I mean, it's um, Eli Roth, uh, written, well, co-written by Eli Roth, directed by Eli Roth. And he's usually for me he he makes really good one he's missed the mark a few times lately but he's back on form with this one it has everything it's got a cracking story it's got just the right amount of dark humor to it it's mm-hmm. got some of the best kills i've seen in a film for a long long time mate it's it's one particular one where somebody's sat on a driver's seat and i'm not going to say what happens to them but it was like, I did, I whooped. It happened. And I went, woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it takes a bit to do that after you've watched, you know, fucking decades of horror films and so many kills. But that was an amazing one. It's really good. And the characters, you know, you get a lot of these films where these inverted commas teenagers get really annoying. In this, they're not. Um, it's, it's really good. If you want to laugh and to whoop audibly <laughs> while some of the kills happen and you're in the mood for a horror film. Uh, yeah, Thanksgiving, mate. Probably the biggest surprise that I've watched since we last recorded, that is. Didn't he, you know, when um, him and Tarantino, they did Grindhouse, didn't yes, they? Yeah. And and all that. They did, They there was a few of them. There was... Um, Oh God! What's the Shaun of the Dead director? Oh, I've forgotten his name. Oh, Edgar Wright. Yeah. Didn't they do? They all did like kind of these fake movie trailers, didn't they? Yeah. And I'm sure there was one called Thanksgiving. Oh, um, okay. I don't, I'm sure there was. There was. Cause one was Machete, wasn't it? And then that was made with Danny Trejo. That was. Yeah. I'm gonna have to find that out because see if it um, is. Ah, okay. And I'm sure because Eli Roth, I'm sure he did one as well, and I'm sure it was Thanksgiving. Um. Oh, that's going to annoy me, but I'll, I'll, I'm sure, I'm sure it was because, uh, uh, yeah, I, I seem to remember that there was like this, one of the kills was, there was this girl on a trampoline mm. and it's kind of all that fake out eighties kind of like, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, uh, this is, yeah. Friday the 13th style type yeah. setting. And um, there was a girl on a trampoline and she's bouncing up and down and she sort of like, you know, bounces on the backside. And just before she does that, a knife comes out from underneath the bottom of the trampoline. Yeah, that's in this. That. That's in this, yeah. Is it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. No way. It is. Yeah. No way. So maybe it is. It must somehow. be then. It must be. Again, I bet there's people listening going, of course it fucking is. Didn't you know that? <laughs> well, sorry, I didn't. But yeah, that kills in it, mate. That kill is in it. Uh, no it, way. The, yeah, there's some, there's some really good ones. It's, it's, 
a really enjoyable. It's not too. It's only like an hour and three quarters, so it doesn't outstay its welcome. Flies along, um, fun horror film that ticks all the boxes for me. Yeah. Mm. Oh, there you go. Mm. Wow. Um, oh yeah, it is. I'm just looking on IMDb. Uh, yeah, directed by Eli Eli Roth and um, holy shit, no way. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, so a few few horror recommendations there. Shall um, I have to look at that? Just before you move on, uh, yeah. I know that you, you mentioned about that where when evil lurks, where to watch it. It's on if you've got um, Apple TV. I think it's on Apple TV. Ah, um, okay. So that may be where you watched it. That but, could be, um, yeah, yeah. I think it's on Shudder as well. If you if Shudder, Shudder. Shudder are one of those because if you've got Amazon Prime. You can you can subscribe to a lot of other streaming channels through Amazon Prime, can't you? Shudder's one of those, and Shudder is one um, that very often does a free seven days. A lot of them on Amazon Prime do a free seven days. I've used that quite a few times to watch stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, some good yeah. stuff there, mate. Yeah, yeah. And again, I'll, I'll just repeat quickly, if anybody has watched or does watch afterwards anything, you know, that we've talked about, please do get in touch with us. Send us a quick email. Give the details at the end of the show and, yeah, we'll respond on our next recording. It's, you know, it'd be great to hear what you think of some of the stuff that we've talked about. So, mate, shall we move on to the infamous double dip picks? Yes, here we go. Right, let's do it. And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. And this would be where a trailer would play. <laughs> Normally. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but the reason I'm not playing it is because it's a foreign language film. It's a foreign language trailer. And obviously we're an English language podcast. So I'm going to hand it over to your good self, my friend. Hmm. So, uh, as as always with our double dip picks, uh, so this is the the sort of feature of the show where uh, I pick a film for Dave and Dave picks a film for myself uh, that we've never watched, and then we'll watch them and then we'll come back and and see what we, what we think of them. So, your pick, which is on Netflix, is a film from twenty twenty three, and it's called Ballerina. <clears throat> um, it is that magical eighties film mark of an hour and thirty two minutes. So. <laughs> Just over 90 minutes. And when you sent me a, 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 this film, and I thought, I said, I sent you a message saying, holy shit, it's a film. It's an hour and a half long. Because you you sent me some films in the past, which are like two and a half hours. Oh, and, mate, I'll tell you, uh, I'll draw the curtain back just a little bit for you. I nearly, I nearly did pick a film. <laughs> and I kid you not, that was over three hours long. Fucking <laughs> hell. Come on. I've got children. That's what I thought. I thought, no, I'll be kind. I'll pick a different oh. one. Well, so anyway, so thank you for that. Uh, so yeah, this um, the synopsis for this film is grieving the loss of a best friend she couldn't protect. An ex-bodyguard sets out to fulfill her dear friend's last wish. Sweet revenge. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a, um, a South Korean film, I believe. Yeah. Uh, it's got a 6.2 out of 10 out of 11,000 ratings on IMDb. Mm -hmm. um, there's only two reviews on 
Metacritic. Oh. So I might as well read. So there isn't an average because it doesn't do yeah. um, uh, an average score unless there's four reviews, which yeah. surprises me a little bit. Um, so the first one then is from Movie Nation, which gives it, gives it 75. The set piece fights are epic. The clean house shootout is John Woo sized and, and hell and hell. Uh, <laughs> this tiny dancer packs a flamethrower. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, I think sometimes, you know, obviously we, we've, we write reviews and stuff yeah. like that. And I know it's only a little bit of the review, but fuck me. That's terrible. You <laughs> got paid to write that. Anyway, um, so the next one is Enemy, which is uh, gives it 60. Um, simplicity can be elegant. Uh, one must be careful not via into simplicity which can be monotonous ballerina teeters on the edge both what i've actually what? read that <laughs> what the fuck i hope that that isn't the full i mean i'm looking at the full review i i genuinely <laughs> hope that somebody's just got copied and pasted bits of that but fuck me that's terrible anyway <laughs> um all right anyway so yeah ballerina um any any particular reason why you picked it uh, it just intrigued me. In it? Yeah, I thought with I thought the idea. I, I do like foreign films, of course. So I thought, yeah. okay, South Korean uh, female lead. Um, it's always good to see a film with a female protagonist, especially one that's going to be you know kicking a bit of ass as well in it. I always like to see that. I knew it was um, a revenge film. I do like revenge films as well. Uh, so that ticked a few boxes for why I picked it. Of course, the you know, 92 minutes was one as well after I dismissed the three. I think it, actually, I think it was even three and a half hours, if truth be told. So, what was that? Just out of interest. And try, it was an Indian film. You know, we've watched some Indian films. Oh, of course in the past. it is, Dave. Of course it is. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but to be fair, I mean, just just to wind the clock back, we we watched Eja, which was the one about where he turns yeah. into a fly, which was awesome. To be fair, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. R R R, which was awesome. Oh, and on that, because uh, Kay, the kids, well, Lucy in particular was asking about like kind of what Bollywood, what dancing's like in the Bollywood films. Yeah. So I showed her that one, that oh, one scene whoa, in nice. it, and I was like, "There you go, that's Bollywood." And they were they were like, "Because that's." amazing yeah that, that scene where uh there's this dance off basically it's, yeah it's incredible yeah um yeah it, it, it was just that i wanted to i wanted to see a foreign female-led action film action revenge film and this came up and i thought right yeah i'll pick that I, i've never watched it <clears throat> you've never watched it so it's perfect for this double dip yeah so um what did you think I thought I, it really got me in from the beginning. So um, you've got this female character who I thought would be the ballerina, but it turns out she isn't the ballerina. Well, she is, but she's not the original ballerina, and that's going to make no sense whatsoever until you've watched the film, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so it begins in like a little a little store. Think something along the lines of a 7-Eleven in America and or the, the local corner shop over here. And then yeah. um, it, it's being robbed. You've got these ne'er-do-wells that come in. The kind of characters you take an instant dislike to in films. I, I always yeah. hate characters. Like, you just, again, you want to reach into the TV and just slap them around a bit. Um, so they're, 
they're, you know, they, they wander in thinking they're the cock of the north and they're taking, you know, a packet of crisps and eating them and throwing like verbal insults to the guy who's cowering behind the desk. And then they're going like, give us your money, do all of this. And then this slight female figure uh, wearing a hoodie walks in um, and says, oh, can you ring this up? Totally ignoring what's going on around her with, you know, the, the, these, you know, the, these bad lads that are in there. And, you know, the, these lads are thinking, you know, what, who the fuck are you? What's, go, what's, go, what's going on? And she's really calm about it. And uh, then she says, oh, there's no change. So the, the lads that have got a bag full of money, she reaches into the bag and pulls some out and goes, oh, yeah, I'll take that as the change then, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was great. You know, so right from the start, it's like, fuck me, this is good. Um, and, the you know, the lads are going, what are, you, what are you doing? It ends in a fight. And then you see, you know, she's got the skills. She's, you know, really good martial arts. And it comes out, you know, she's had like military training. She's trained to do all of this. Um, and then it goes that... It it jumps around with with the timeline of it, doesn't it? It's not it's not chronological all the way through. It jumps from what happened before and then jumps back to to what's happening now. And you find out that she's she's got a friend um, who she met who worked in a cake shop because it was this this woman's birthday, and she went in and bought a cake from her. And this this her friend is a ballerina, gets mixed up with the wrong type of people, um, drug dealers. Um, very naughty, very naughty guy who's fucking hell. This, this stuff, <laughs> I love the way I describe him. He's very naughty. He's a very he's naughty, a very... party boy. <laughs> 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 he's a fucking arsehole. He's, he's, a, oh, he's horrible. He's, he's an absolute he's, prick. The thing, yeah, he's he's physically fit though. Because you see him training, don't you? Some of the stuff he does is like, well, fair play, mate. That's impressive. But he is—he <laughs> is the type, and it's set. It's set in um, in modern day. But he—he's the type who drugs. He go. He goes to clubs. He goes to nightclubs. He drugs women, takes them. Um, he, he he rapes them. They're unconscious, and he rapes them slowly. Where he he's wearing the fucking gimp mask, and he videos them. He's got a collection mm. of all of his fucking sex tapes, um, and and drives the the women to to kill themselves. Obviously, because this is what happens to the ballerina, this girl's friend, because she finds her in the in the bath and she's slashed her wrist. And this is where the revenge comes into it. She wants revenge, right? Who is responsible for my friend's death is the gist of the whole film. And she goes off and goes through the, the the line of people starting at the bottom, trying to make her way up to Mr. Big and eventually kill him. And killing lots of people on the way in, in various different types of fights, gunfights, fist fights, knife fights, some good bone breaking going on. I think the choreography of the fights is really good. The way it's filmed is really good. Uh, there are some quick cuts in it, but it's not, it's not, you know, some of these films where it's edited to within, you know, a second of its life and you've got no idea what's going on. At least with the fights in this, you can see what's going on. They're really kinetic and, and, you know, wince inducing at times. Uh, the problem I had with it, I think I, I gave it a three on Letterboxd at five. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was great. I loved the character. I loved the revenge side of it. I was cheering on for it. I'd say the fights in it were really, really good. 
it just lagged a lot. It was like it was like a proper roller coaster. It started in, with the scene in the shop, and it's whoa, this is good. Now you don't expect it to be action and fights for the full ninety-two minutes. You've got to have some story there, and you've got to care about the characters. But when it went back to her and her backstory in particular, it was the backstory bit that kept losing me all the time. When it was like yeah. what was happening now, I was into it and I was following, you know, even when there's no fights or whatever's going on and she's on a revenge kick and she's talking to people. But then when she was reminiscing about her time with her friend, I was like, oh, come on, get on with it. I got a little bit bored then and I just wanted it to wind up a little bit. That's where it let down for me, which is unfortunate. Um, they could have easily trimmed it that off for me, all of that, set it up, you know, all their friends, she's got killed, and then just kept as a chronological timeline and expanded that a little bit. Ditch all all the stuff that happened in the past and expand the present day stuff where she's searching for the killer and so on. And, you know, put story in there, not just full of fights, put story, and I would care for her more. So it was good, but not great. Lose all the, you know, the looking back stuff was how I saw it. Yeah. What about you, mate? Yeah, I think I tend to agree. I mean, uh, I I gave it two and a half, and you know, because I mean, it's out of five, so yeah, you know, that's that's average, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So, and I think I agree with you on on most of everything. I think it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, last um series or a series, last episode. I, I think I, I talked about. I just watched all of the John Wick films. Hmm. So the and the, obviously the original John Wick film. You know, it's a revenge film or whatever and then it kind of like the sequels and whatever it kind of goes into all this kind of weird and wonderful territory and it, the whole thing about those films is the the action and the gunplay and the martial arts and all that sort of stuff and the fighting and uh this kind of it it's more it, it's a bit more grittier than that i think it has got elements of you know martial arts and action and fighting yeah. and whatever but it's a bit more like death wish than it is John Wick, if yeah. you know what I mean, it's quite, it's quite nasty, isn't it? Like the oh, whole yeah. stuff. That, yeah. There's no, I mean, I think all the male characters in it. I can't think of any others. They're all fucking assholes. They're all <laughs> they horrible. Are. Yeah, yeah. They're all horrible people. Like the main guy, he's a good-looking guy. Like you said, he's fit. He looks after himself. He's obviously got money. He's a criminal, whatever. But um, you know, he's like you said, he's his thing is that he will he drugs women. Um, films them, like you said, and then uh, rapes them, which you don't see. You know, there's, there's, uh, he, he obviously leaves some of that to your imagination, but mm. then, um, and then uh, uh, there's like this, I suppose, this whole kind of exploiting them, potentially trafficking them, getting them yeah. to do things because he holds that over them, doesn't he? Yeah, you know? he does. Yeah. Um, and that makes them do things that they don't want to do. And that's like I said, some of them take their own lives and some of them don't but you know it's pretty there's some pretty ugly horrible scenes in it like you know where in particular where there's this one girl and uh who manages to escape the whole situation but then obviously she kind of gets caught up in it all so um but then i suppose that it's more satisfying than when there's the stuff about when uh the the assassin or whatever you know the she does take revenge on them and yeah and yeah. all of that stuff so i think like you I, I won't say I enjoyed it, but I didn't engage with it as much as I would have liked to. I think yeah, perhaps yeah. I'm not quite sure what 
kept me a little bit cold on it all. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's okay. It's it didn't blow me away at all, really. It's um, it's it's you know it's fine and for, for ninety minutes. Like you said, it it it's a short film, mm. but it kind of felt a bit longer. Yes, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah. But um, yeah, it was it was fine. It was okay. It didn't you know wasn't anything special mm. particularly, but um, wasn't wasn't bad either. So yeah, it's one of those where yeah, it was okay. It was all right. <laughs> didn't yeah. didn't dislike it, but wouldn't rave about it. Um, no, yeah. Oh. Just out of interest, what would you, would you when it's a two and a half film? Because you know, yeah. like I said, that's average. But would you recommend a two and a half film? Does it have to that tipping point of three? stars to, to say you'd recommend it because then that's yeah, above average, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's a good point too mate i would yeah probably i'd say yeah for, well for a recommend actually for for the purposes of this show that we do usually it's like a three and a half minimum i try for if it would you know out out in the world if it was a three star i'd go oh you might like this um my star system on letterboxd again is um it's how much i enjoyed the film how what are the chances really it's 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 broken down to the five stars and you can give half stars are uh, the higher the star rating the more chance there is of me watching it again so this you know i i wouldn't mind if it was on I walked into it and it was on i would sit and watch it as it was on two and a half is mm, really debatable if it would ever get rewatched. Obviously, below two and a half, there's just no chance I'd ever watch it again. Um, mm. So, yeah, a, a three. If it wasn't for the double dip pick, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. It wouldn't be on my recommendations for for the show. Put it that way. Okay. It's not. It's not good enough. enough. It's not good enough for me to go. Oh yeah, watch this. Like I have done with you know the five movies that I've done in this one. Yeah. Mm. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Shall we? Do you want to move on to the next one? Let's see how we do with the next film. Then let's we've, go for it. We've actually got a trailer for this one, so uh, yeah. Oof. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. How y'all doing? All y'all that don't know who I am, my name is Willie Gary. Willie Gary. Willie Gary. William Gary. Never heard of him. What's so special about this guy, anyway? Litigation is war. It's a battle. And I'm not talking about no bullshit either. I'm talking about some John Claude Van Damme ass-kicking shit. Truth is, I may have gotten myself into a lot of trouble. I've been your lawyer 30 years. We can find a way out of it. You've never sued anybody before in your whole life. This fella tried to bully me out of business. And I don't think I should be expected to stand for it. Mr. Gary hasn't lost a case in over 12 years. You suggesting I hire this guy as one of my lawyers? Y'all come on in. Pleasure to meet you, Mr. Gary. Let me introduce you to Mike Allred. How do you feel about working with black folk? I suppose I am a little prejudiced. Mm. Did you meet my team? I'm Chris. Deshaun. Reggie Douglas. Gentlemen. He's suing us? He's suing us? We are a half a billion dollar corporation. So how much money y'all trying to get? Eight million. That ain't enough money. One hundred million dollars. <laughs> Who is this clown he's hired as a lawyer? You're a fighter, man. What made you want to do it? Because he tried to mess with the one thing that means the most to me in life. Being able to leave something behind for my grandchildren. Let's play some music. My name is Maine Valms. Graduated top of her class from Harvard Law School. They had a nickname for her around the office. The Python. 
I wouldn't get too used to me being kind to you, Mr. Gary. Once we begin that trial, I'm gonna destroy you. Can't you see that we're golden? We don't have a snowball's chance in hell of winning this case. Just, just trust me, okay? I, I, I may have found something. What does it feel like to be some small-time nobody on the verge of bankruptcy? What if I don't win and I let all these people down? You have been trying to turn this into your own one-ring circus. I got my damn life on the line. I know that, Jerry. Did it ever bother you? Oh, the hypocrisy, the hypocrisy. You sit your ass down. I'm just your honor. Hey, 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 wait, wait. What's the matter? Can't split the pole. Can't split the pole, man. Come on, man. Well, there you go. That was the trailer for The Burial uh, from 2023, starring the voices that you'd have heard in that trailer. Uh, not a bad trailer, that, actually. I, I've not watched that before, but I quite mm, like the... It's good. The, the, I obviously haven't seen it, but, you know, I've seen the film, so I can mm. connect the, 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 you know, the, the audio to the, what I've seen. Um, but after listening to that, I'd watch that. <laughs> yeah, um... me too, actually. <laughs> it, it is one of those that makes you think, oh, yeah, this sounds pretty bloody good. Yeah. So uh, anyway, starring Jamie Foxx as Willie Gary, uh, Tommy Lee Jones as Jemira O'Keefe. You also heard Alan Rook sounding remarkably like Matthew McConaughey. I don't don't know if you thought that. When I saw him in the, when I saw him in the film and he opened his mouth, I thought, fuck, are you doing a Matthew McConaughey? (laughs) Because he's kind of set in, you know, the deep South, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, it is. So, uh, are you doing a Matthew McConaughey impression here? But either way, <laughs> um, uh, Journey Smollett uh, as Mame Downs. Um, and those, I suppose, are the main um, people in the movie that you would potentially recognise. Um, so, uh, apparently, according to the synopsis, inspired by true events, a lawyer helps a funeral homeowner save his family business from a corporate behemoth, uh, exposing a complex web of race, power and injustice. Uh, it's got a 7.1 out of 10 out of 30,000 ratings on IMDb. Um, it's got generally fa- generally favourable uh, reviews, 74 on Metascore, Metacritic. There's no negative. Bloody it's hell. Tw- I know. It's 20 positive and three mixed. So, I mean, you know, 87% positive and 13 mixed. Mm. So, that's not bad at that's all, good. really. Yeah. Uh, I'll just do the top one here. So, Variety. Director Maggie Betts has a rousing old school crowd pleaser on her hands with this truth based albeit strategically embellished drama featuring the most entertaining performance yet from Jamie Foxx, who makes Dane Court feel like going to, to church. Just have a quick scan through here. So, oh, Empire, they give it 80, so that would probably mm-hmm. be four stars. Uh, a nuanced and intelligent legal drama that neatly combines big characters and big ideas by focusing on wider issues of race and injustice, Betts finds continuing re- resonance in a case nearly 30 years old. Uh, just see if there's total film in there. I can't see it. The ne- well, the, the most negative one is uh, this flashy legal melodrama is fitfully stirring, but too flabby to deliver the walloping blow that it needs. And they give it a uh, 50. Mm. So I picked this uh, because... Um, I think I recommend, I was going to, I did put it forward for the last show and you hadn't seen it. And I thought, uh, 
I'll put it forward again, and yeah. you hadn't seen it. Uh, and I think what what it was on Letterboxd. So uh, our friend Colm, uh, who I follow on Letterboxd, I'm not, I'm not sure if you do, but uh, he has sent some messages into the show, for, which we'll read out shortly. Uh, he gave this a five out of five. Ooh. So I was intrigued. And also, you know, stars Tommy Lee Jones, who I like, uh, Jamie Foxx, who I, I like. Again, not a massive fan, but generally speaking, you know, he's been in some decent films. Um, and so I thought, you know, it's it's got a lot got lots going for it, hasn't it, really? Um, so, I mean, this, you know, story is, uh, as I've mentioned, so you've got Tommy Lee Jones, who's uh, he's just had his 75th birthday, if I remember rightly, in the film. And um, he's got a set of uh, funeral homes and he sells insurance as well uh, death insurance uh, but he's got some financial issues so he goes to a company uh, he goes up to Canada uh, to a company that uh, are massive in the the, um, the the death industry shall we say <laughs> Um, I love that the death industry and um, they offer to buy some of his funeral homes um and on the uh understanding that they won't sell insurance where he has got his uh, his remaining funeral homes they agree to the deal then um months pass and nothing happens so he then uh, tommy lee jones sues them uh, for breach of contract even though uh, technically, they didn't sign a contract, but mm -hmm. he did. Uh, and on, on the understanding that the, the reason why they're doing it, and, it, and that they obviously don't admit to this, but um, they initially agreed to the deal, but then because they know he's in financial trouble, uh, they know eventually he's going to go bankrupt, he's going to get his licenses revoked, and then he's he's going to be in all sorts of trouble. And, um, and basically, they can get him for cheap. Um, so that's the story. Then he employs... Uh, he's got a lawyer, which is uh, Alan Rook, which, um, as I said, he's a deep south kind of um, lawyer, uh, which he's got some underlying uh, issues, um, uh, with, like I said, with um, <laughs> people of a <laughs> different coloured skin, yeah. uh, uh, which comes to the fore, as as has been in the trailer. And then so but then he employs this this flashy uh, lawyer, which is Jamie Fox, and who's not contract he doesn't do contract law hmm. but um based on the fact that he's won all of his previous uh court cases and just the style and everything about him he's very charism charismatic uh he hires him to represent him and that's that's pretty much the story so i suppose i'll go first on this one as, as, as it was my pick so um i'll, I'll cut to the chase so I, I gave this three out of five mm -hmm. and i think overall i enjoyed it um you know it's got some good leads in it i think like you said jamie fox he kind of almost steals the show a little bit because of he is this very flamboyant very charismatic over the top almost um presence and then you've got tommy lee jones who's you know he, he wants to leave this behind you know a legacy behind for his family which uh you know was left to him so he's a bit more i suppose uh stoic in his performance and you know they do learn to i suppose get to know each other and and they rub off on each other in certain ways and there's so there's that there's that kind of chemistry that develops between the two of them um there are some decent moments in it and i i generally like i like true life stuff or stuff that's based on true life anyway 
you know. Um, mm. And I like courtroom dramas, you know, and I'll watch those because you, you kind of get hooked up in it all and get drawn into it. And what's going to happen is there's a bit of tension, you yeah. know, there's things that happen that knock both sides. And, you know, is it going to go for them? Is it going to go against them? Because I knew nothing about this as, as a, a the true mm. life aspect of the yeah. story. But for me, and it does have a little bit where you get emotionally drawn into it, perhaps towards the end of it, but it never hit those heights for me. It never kind of got me so drawn into it where I'm emotionally invested in what's going on. Um, it, the, the whole court case thing as well, it's sort of a bit, it felt a little bit, fake's probably the wrong word, but it, it did feel like it wasn't quite real. And I'm not saying mm. it has to be this boring court case or whatever, anything like that, but I don't know because of maybe the theatrics and because of the things that happen in the jury in the, 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 the course of the actual court case, it felt a little bit sort of staged and theatrical. Like, mm. it, it, you know, maybe these things did happen, but it also just kind of came off as a bit like, oh, okay, I'm not really clicking with this. And I think it only kind of really towards the end, there's a set, a scene in it, which, uh, you know, I'm not going to sort of go into much detail about, but that was, there was one particular scene where I did start to feel a little bit of emotion towards the situation and, and the characters. Mm -hmm. And I, I came away think, thinking of a previous pick that we talked about, which again was based on real life kind of, uh, you know, story. Again, if I remember rightly, another Amazon Prime film, uh, which was Air which has got a good cast. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it never really mm. hit the heights for me. It, it wasn't a bad film, but it also wasn't as good as it potentially could have been based on who was in it and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and, and like you've always said about documentaries, isn't it, you know, real life's sort of like more interesting than fiction or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. So you'd, you'd imagine that with the real life, you know, I know again, it's, it's embellished, but the real life aspects of what's involved here, it, it, it would be a really interesting story, but mm. it just, it, for me, it definitely wasn't a five star film. Like I said, it was a three star. So it was above average, yeah. but only just, it was only that one particular scene um, where there's a sort of a bit of emotion that, 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 that kind of, because otherwise it would have been a two and a half film for me. Um, but there was, like I said, that kind of gave me that extra little bit of, there was a stirring in my, you know, when you get that little bit of a lump in your throat yeah, or you yeah. a little bit of a, you know, and that, and that's, you know, for me gave it that little, little bit of a push. So, but uh, again, good, not great for me, but what about you? Yeah, I, I agree totally with everything you said. And I think that's really good um, comparison with when we talked about air. And I hadn't thought of that actually until you said, and I thought, yeah, and as you were saying, I thought, yeah, that's, that's a really good comparison. I gave it three stars as well. Um, Love Jamie Foxx in it. I thought he'd, uh, I think a lot is to do with how, like you said, how flamboyant um, and how verbal his character is and how he he's allowed to be, a, you know, a bit more of a showman. So whenever he's on screen, it's always very, very entertaining. And unfortunately, there's a, there's, it's probably about halfway, maybe just over halfway point of the film during the court case where um, he disappears for a little while um, and he's he's not the lead um, lawyer in it. And I think it sort of sags a little bit there. I th actually, I think it sags a lot of the time when Jamie Foxx isn't on screen. 
Um, mm. I, I, I just found it, his character is so entertaining, possibly over-entertaining, that for me, that when he wasn't on screen, it just sort of lost a little bit. And it was just, well, and while I was never bored, <clears throat> like you, I didn't have that connection that I wanted to have with the story, knowing that it was based on a true story as well. So you're going, oh, you know, the most of these events that they're portraying are true. You don't, again, you don't know, like you said, you don't know what's embellished or what they've added, you know, because it says it doesn't, you know, the character names and so on. Some situations have been changed. So you're not entirely sure what really did happen. Um, but it was it was entertaining enough. It's always good to see Tom Lee Jones anyway. I think he's a great actor. So it's always yeah. good to see him on screen again. Uh but yeah, it was, I wanted more from it. It was okay. It was a good, not great, um, not a particularly amazing like courtroom drama. It was neither one thing nor the other. It sat sort of in the middle of a few stools without being really good at, at anything that it, you know, it set out to do. Uh, there, was, there was a little bit. Did you see, and it's, I think it's probably five seconds at most long, the little scene that's halfway through the credits when the credits roll did you did yeah. you did you saw <laughs> when it's the yeah. the the real um willie gary is is in it meets in the corridor outside the court i thought that was a nice little touch just you know little that things was, like that yeah. that, was, that was really that was nice good. yeah that made me yeah. <laughs> that made me smile with that um but yeah it was much like the first with both of the i gave them both three stars and they were both yeah this is good it's not great. Held my attention. Never really got bored as such, but both left me wanting more from them um, and had dips in them where it was, mm, again, not boredom, but not as engrossed in the story and the characters as I would like to have been. Um, but yeah, I didn't dislike either. I thought as, you know, we've had, we've definitely had far worse double dip picks between us. I thought that these two were... Decent films, which you know, which which is which is good for us sometimes. <laughs> so uh, it was, yeah, it, it, it was uh, it was okay. Again, if it wasn't for the double dip pick, got to be careful how I pronounce that. It's a good job I'm just on, <laughs> just on Vimto. <laughs> trying to say that, um, yeah, it wouldn't have been a recommendation. I wouldn't have done that, but it was it was it was all right. It was it was it was all right. Jamie Fox by far is the standout in this for me. He, he kept me very much entertained. I'd have loved to have seen a film just about his character. I'm sure there's... Because when it, at the end of the movie, it says, you know, about the real-life characters, and it's got some photographs of them, and it says uh, what happened since since this happened, because this was... What year was this set in? It was ni- the 90s, wasn't 95, it? 95, was 95, yeah. Um, so it says how Willie Gary then um, went on and he took on the likes of... Um, Disney was one of them, wasn't it? Because we were watching yes. and we went... Co- Co- was it Bush and, and, and Anheuser yeah. and Coca-Cola, I'm That sure. was it, all these... And he became known as, what was it, like the... Was it the Giant Killer or something? He became known as... He got this name for him. And I thought, I'd love to see a movie starring Jamie Foxx as this character. I want to know how we took on all these big firms. Show me that. That would be... Uh, I'd be in for that if they made, you know, sort of a semi-sequel to it. That would be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there you go. Now, this is unusual, but I'm going to, uh, and I, I don't think I've ever done it, but I've already decided what my pick is going to be for the next 
show. Bloody um, yeah, this is a first. <laughs> ten ten years I, we've been doing this show almost, and this has never happened, folks. I, I know that you won't have seen it because okay. it isn't out yet, but it comes out um, on... Uh, yeah, on March the twenty first of this year, on Amazon, and it's uh, it's a remake. I know where you're going. I know but where I, you're going. I know that the next time we record, it's going to be in roughly a couple of months' time, so it yeah. will coincide with the time that this is released. Awesome. So it should be hot, hot off the press. So, and it was just because the trailer that was released, I think it was yesterday, um, and it's the it's the remake of Roadhouse. <laughs> which so I, I so i watched the ufc and yeah. I, I so i know that um that, that it's connected to the ufc because uh during one of the pay-per-view events they because they always do like the ceremonial weigh-ins mm-hmm. um where they bring out the fighters to stare at each other off and all that sort of stuff <laughs> well they brought out jake gyllenhaal and so they kind of did this thing and so i remember they, they brought out jake gyllenhaal looked absolutely ripped by the yeah, way yeah um and then you know they did stared him off against this and you know dana white the president of the ufc was there and whatever and then the, they did the whole thing where they filmed during the pay-per-view the whole the scene where he's in the ring and he, he mm. coming to the ring so i knew that it was coming and i, I you know now and I'm I'm saying it now. I, I, Roadhouse for me, it's a beloved classic for for, for me. Yeah. For the, I know a lot of people don't think that possibly. They think it's a bit rubbish and whatever. But for me, growing up as a kid, mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. Yeah. I love Roadhouse. Totally, totally. So, and I know that we. Well, you've said before about remakes. Mm-hmm. You know, remake bad films. Yeah. So, uh, it's got Doug Lyman as the director. I like Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, Conor McGregor looks fucking mental in it. So, and the, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've watched the trailer I to have. it. Yes, I have. Yeah, it, I mean, it pretty much sets it up as like there's a lot of similar elements to the original Roadhouse. Yeah, so, yeah, I am curious to see it. I am. Go- I'll, I'll be honest. When and, and it's a weird one for me because when um, they remade RoboCop, I got no interest in watching oh, the, the, re- the remake, and awful. that was bad. That was awful. Bad. But. Watching the trailer for this, I'm actually intrigued by it because it doesn't. It looks entertaining, <laughs> and I know for me the original Roadhouse is a classic. But I yeah. know in my heart it, it, it's a classic. But in my head, I know a lot of people it's not seen as a classic. So mm. I, I, can, I can understand why you know people may not think of it as, as that. But anyway, so that that's what I thought for the next entertainment show. It'll be in a couple of months' time. It'll be that we can watch it, and then um, it'll be that's that's my pick. So I'm picking already because I nice. know you haven't seen it. Nice, and there you so, go, everybody listening. You know in advance to uh, when when you've watched that. As soon as it, as soon as the end credits roll, send us an email what you think as well. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, mate. That'll be uh, that'll be fun to chat about. I'm sure. You know, no matter so, yeah. no matter how the movie is, if it's good, bad, or indifferent, I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about. So, twenty uh, first of March. I'm just looking here. Is uh, it's a Wednesday? So potentially we could watch it on the Wednesday Ooh. and then record on on the Friday, the twenty third of Ooh. March. We so should, we should you know, pencil that in as the recording date then already. We should. Right and then. I mean, that, that that's kind of, it's the 26th of January as, as we record. Yeah. So that is going to be a couple of months away. Yeah. So that'll tie in perfectly. Good. So um, there you go. That's a first for us, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Um, yeah. Quite exciting, really. I like that. Uh, before we move on, mm. um, should 
uh, we did have some correspondence. We did with regards yeah. to the uh, the films that we 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 talked about, but more so the burial. Yeah. Um, do you want to? What do you want to do? Do you want to take take one? No, you take it, mate. You go for it. Go oh, oh, go okay, okay. Uh, so uh, we got Cyball, uh, which is at Cyball twenty seven, and he said, "I adored the burial. What's not to love about a good old fashioned underdog legal drama based on a true story? Uh, got ballerina yet to watch it. So there mm-hmm. we go. Good. Um, and." The- Psalm 67 at Multiplatman um, said, now I don't know if he was a bit drunk when he typed this, because it's. A, <laughs> uh, I'll just read it as it's, as it's written. Uh, the Burial. I love this movie. Tommy Lee Jones is fantastic in this. He's a sarcastic old man. Jammy Fox <laughs> is unemployed. Circumstances bring them together. And what ensues is humorous and enjoyable to watch. Uh, as Jammy Fox <laughs> is... <laughs> Is Tommy Lee's carer, <laughs> <What? laughs> who is not who is not trained for the job. Well, he wasn't trained to be a carer, so he's he's true in that respect. So I'm not sure if anyway. But thank you for that, Colm. Uh, appreciate it. And then uh, Tina, um, our very own Spanky Spangler. Um, the burial was okay, but I found it hard to sympathise with Tommy's character, considering he owned 28 funeral homes. Liked Ballerina better, it's good to see the lead protagonist is female in an action film. Also liked the neonness of it. Oh, yeah, it was very neon lit, wasn't it, as well? Yeah, so there you go. Mm. I will say, because you mentioned, and we do reference Letterbox quite a lot on these shows, uh, and you said about Colm being on Letterboxd. I didn't know he was on Letterboxd. Uh, so yeah. I have I have just followed him, and I've just looked at his um, his profile on Letterboxd, and not too long ago, earlier earlier this month, he watched Bitconned. <laughs> oh, uh, did he? And he gave it four stars, and his review is, and I quote, "Wow, I don't think I have ever watched a bigger scumbag in my life." <laughs> <laughs> Nice one, Colin. Nice one. Um, well, there you go. Yeah. And if, if you do want to follow me and Chris um, on Letterboxd, just go to the the Meet the Team section of the website and all I did, I, no, Twitter, well, X, and gamer tags and Letterboxd profiles are all on there if you want to follow us on anything. Um, and I've got, I'm, well, while, while I'm on about it, I may as well give, give all the details. 60mw.co.uk, numerical. Um, not alphabetical preaching to the converted obviously everybody goes there news reviews all the podcasts all the different types of podcasts we do everything's on there that's sort of the main hub that leads out to everything that we do um, including our YouTube channel which (laughs) sounds like nothing but considering we're an audio podcast and we don't really bother with video this is just you know a side hustle, as it were. We we hit, actually hit, mate, 400 subscribers on YouTube the other day. Oh, awesome. That's, for us, is massive. That's like that's like getting a million to us on YouTube. So if you haven't followed us on YouTube as well, do that. That would be nice. And, um, yeah, it's uh, the website for everything that we do. All the links, like I said, are on there. So uh, give us a follow. And, again, seeing as it's our 10th anniversary year, I don't normally do this, but... I'm going to be doing it all all through this year just because it's the 10th anniversary. If you haven't already given us a review anywhere, um, please do. It would be nice. It just takes a few minutes. And if you do do that, first of all, thank you very much. 
And uh, the next thing you can do, just send me a link to where it is because on the website, we've got a review section on the website um, and they're all on there as well. So if you don't let me know that you've put a review somewhere, chances are I won't know. So please, if you do kindly put us a review anywhere, just let me know and um, I can put a link to it on the website. That'd be great. Thank you very much. That's there it. You go. That's awesome. it. We're done, mate. We're done. Fantastic. And we've got Roadhouse to look forward to already now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That will be that will be interesting, if nothing else, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's already caught in a bit of controversy. I'm just looking here that uh, Doug Lyman's not happy with Amazon because it's not getting a theatrical release, yeah. apparently. Yeah. So uh, it's just going to go straight to uh, Amazon. So um, there you go. Mm. We'll see what happens. See what we've got to say about that. But be, yes. before then, obviously, there's lots of other shows. As we sit here on Friday, the 26th of January, uh, the coming weekend, I'm going to be releasing two interview shows, which I haven't edited yet. And considering they're going to be audio and video shows, it's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, the first one will be Michael Jai White and his wife, Gillian, talking about the film The Island. Uh, and the second one will be with Jeff Pilson, um, all about the, his new album that's upcoming and had, had like 25 minutes with Jeff, which was awesome. And of course, Tangents Mate went off about Doc and um, went off about all sorts of stuff. Not even as much as I would have loved to, but that, would, that was a good one. Uh, I'm sitting on a show with you and Adam, if I remember rightly, or have you got one upcoming? Is, is that what I'm thinking of? No, so you've got Bloodsport, which uh, is, is due for release, and yeah. I am going to be editing a Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. So going back to your talk about uh, your interview um, about Dokken, because mm -hmm. uh, obviously there's the song Dream Warriors. And we do talk about it, yeah. By Dokken. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and so uh, that will that does play out in the, the episode, but also, uh, or it will do once I edit it, but... Um, we watch. We talk about the video. We watch the video to um, to that um, um, song as well. It's hilarious. He said <laughs> it was. What? It's it was freezing cold when they were making it. When they were making the video, it doesn't look it. Yes, it doesn't look cold. it. <laughs> but it's the whole thing about it is like Freddie is basically the end of it. Is Freddie? It's like Freddie has a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, it's funny. It's good. He did say that Robert Englund was such a nice guy as well. He was just like always, oh, just yeah. so full of stories, and was just a genuinely really nice guy to be around. So that's you know yeah. that was good to hear. So yeah, and there's there's plenty of other stuff. Like I said, Ramrod's coming around next weekend and recording that. There's loads and loads planned. So um, thank you to everybody yeah. that listens to us. And if you don't already subscribe, please you know subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And um, yeah. Pick and, you know, you don't have to listen to every show we put out. Pick and choose which ones you like. And um, obviously, this is one of them, if you're listening to this. So thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in a couple of months, but we'll both be back in different shows plenty of times in between. And uh, we'll disappear, shall we now, mate? Yeah, definitely. So looking forward to next time already. Mm -hmm. we Roadhouse, the premiere of oh Roadhouse. Oh, my God. That's it. We'll have to be topless noiled up ready <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks for listening everybody we'll be back soon and it's goodbye from me and goodbye from me bye-bye <laughs>